0: This is the moment, this is the day When I send all my doubts and demons on their way Every endeavor I have made ever Is coming into play, is here and now,
1: today
0: this is the moment, this is the
2: time,
0: when the momentum
1: and the moment are in rhyme. Give me this moment,
0: this precious chance, I'll gather up my make some sense at last this is the moment when all I've done
1: trumpets maybe I'll put some trumpet sounds there because it is a celebration is it not Christine yes and when I think celebration I think trumpets yay uh I don't know if you heard last time, but I didn't track down trumpets. I did track down sexy saxophone. So uh, yeah, Um, my sound cue skills have improved. I like to think our podcasting skills have improved because after 100 episodes, uh, we tend to get better. It is our 100th episode, everybody.
3: Congratulations. Yes, we are
1: both doing mad Muppet Arms in our respective sides of the country. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. 100 ish episodes of The Feminine Critique. Sure. (laughs) Um, We started, I forgot. You know, like every year I know on Facebook You have the memory function So like every day You see things you posted This day in history And every day mm-hmm. I do see it like It's like oh It's our anniversary Oh this was the day We posted our first episode And I never remember What year that was I don't know how many yeah. years We've been doing this I
3: think Since 2012
1: That sounds Yeah oh yes Because I was still Living in my old apartment yes. Um And I moved During Hurricane Sandy Which was mm-hmm. October of 2012 and, but it was like we had, I think, just recorded our first episode right before I moved. Mm-hmm. So, yes, you are correct. So Thank you. Si- wait, 2000, is that s- six years
2: now? Yeah.
1: Wow. Wow. Six years. If a child was born, when we started recording, that child would be in kindergarten. How does that make you feel, yep. Christine? Um, I mean, that's about right. <laughs> <laughs> that feels as though that you know how time works. That right. Yeah. Uh, we've had good times and I, more good times. I, we've, I mean, here and there, we've probably watched some pretty shitty movies, but usually even then, I think it was fun to talk about them. Yeah, what bad times have we had? Supergirl? <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> honestly the only one that... I feel like we probably had like two movies where I was genuinely like I hated this movie. Supergirl was one. I don't remember what else. I'm sure there was one or two. But ones. I remember that one being fun. Oh, it was fun. Uh, Erica was on that one with us, I believe. Yeah, right. Who did so. that and Thor? Um, so yeah, we've like even like the worst movie, Supergirl, uh, doesn't the worst episode make? And I think we've had a good time. I think I remember rolling around the floor
3: <laughs> in agony. On an episode with uh, you, me, and Jason.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't remember what it was. (laughs) Uh, Which, it's funny that you say that now, Jason, our dear friend Fozzie, um, because I was saying to him a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, we need to have you on another episode because it's been way too Mm -hmm. long. And I think it, it was probably our A Chorus Line Red Shoes episode, maybe, which was one oh, of my favorite there episodes. there we go. Because yeah. that was one of those. We're going down, like, memory lane of the feminine critique now. But that was one of those. As soon as we decided, like, you and I are going to do a podcast. And I know I started making, like, a list of different movies I knew I wanted to cover. And more importantly, different combinations I wanted to cover. And that was one that I'm like, I want to talk about the Red Shoes with Chorus Line. And we're going to do it. And then I made you guys both watch movies that involved ballet. And you were both – well, Jason loves A Chorus Line, so that was fine. He but- does have a- before, so, you had yeah. to deal with both of them so
3: <sighs> i got through it though you
1: did you did uh and on this episode so it is our as you know in case in case you weren't listening to us talk for the first three minutes it's our 100th episode muppet arms muppet arms uh which means we're gonna do something special and for our 50th uh we which was apparently three something years ago maybe We did something very special where you and I picked our top 25 movies of all time. So we did our top 50 movies of all time. So on this episode... Uh we are doing something different and that is our top. We ended up picking a random number cuz we couldn't figure out how many to do. Um we started with 25 and I'm like, "No, I don't want to do that." Emily it. was like, C- "What about 50?" I tried to get to 50. I could have gotten to 50, but I understand. She sure would have been a long could've. day. Uh so instead we're doing our top 30 movie moments of all time. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know what your rules were. I mean, my rules were like a mo- it could be a scene, it could be a song. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of songs. You know,
3: you know, I'm fast and loose. So, yeah, I like, am
1: fast and loose. Uh, I am so excited to hear your list. We obviously <gasps> did not. We, we don't know each other's lists, guys.
3: We don't. <laughs> did you want me to confirm
1: that we don't? She's well, not I mean, lying. I, like, I, no, <laughs> this time. This time, well, we didn't know last time either. We're like no, I we, we kind of um, both knew, like, oh, I bet this is gonna be in our list. I bet this is gonna you, be in our list. Do you remember what your top twenty five movies were? I remember yeah. Not I know there's a few here and there where I'm like, was did I put that on there or did I put this one on there? Um, so I have a pretty good idea and I did when I made my list, I kind of specifically said to myself, I don't want it to be my same top twenty five list. But if there was a moment, like, I think when I looked at it, because I did count this, um, I think eight of my 30 were in my top 25 list.
3: Hmm.
1: But I don't
3: remember oh, my top 25. Oh, I, I
1: do, though, because <laughs> I'm weird. So I don't I'm know how many. With you. What? Thank you. I don't
3: know how many of my. my top 30 moments are from
1: my top 25 movies probably a lot um I'll probably be able to remember for you if it was on your list
2: yeah
1: (laughs) okay I see like I I don't have a I have a great memory for random unimportant things Mm, good to have like plain and simple like I, I I remember the opening lyrics to theme songs of shows that ran for one season but I don't remember you know what I was supposed to do at work today like or all of, or or this is really bad. I can never remember what year all my nieces and nephews were born. I love them dearly. I would take a bullet for every one of them. But if you looked at me and said, Oh yeah, well how old is your nephew? I'd have to sit there and go, one twelve, 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 twelve twelve. 12. I just I I'm like I have dates I have very hard time remembering. But things like when you when you talk to Christine for three hours about your favorite movies, oh yeah, I remember those twenty five movies. You're you're very impressive. I, I am weird. I think is what, what it really is. No. So I okay. have I'd say eight of mine. I think came from favorite movies. Now there are a few more that are in the same either franchise or you know Man. maybe maybe uh, the 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 first movie might have been on my list, but now my my moment is from a sequel. You know <gasps> you know it's crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stuff like that happened. All, all about all about Christine. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So
3: I am going to tell you now that I don't have a full 30 written down <gasps> you don't? because I started to struggle oh. and I decided that since you are so inspiring to me that I would leave a couple slots open for when you inevitably wow. say something that makes me think of
1: something that I wish I had put on my wow. list. Wow. I admire your <laughs> bravery and ability to trust yourself on the fly i don't have uh, christine i even have backups in case like i don't know something happens and in the next two hours a movie is no longer eligible for this list wow just because you just never know that's true yeah wow Whew. i whew is all i can say this (laughs) (sighs) okay
3: are yours in any particular order
1: of course, mine are in order, Christine.
3: <laughs> mine are also not in any kind of God. Order.
1: Jeez. <laughs> Can you imagine if you and I like went into business together? What that would be like? It would be. Oh, I'm a very organized person. I just couldn't get stressed out about this. I could picture us like planning for like a board meeting, and I'm there with everything like really carefully done, and you're just like, "No, we're gonna, we're just gonna feel through it." And I'm like, and we have this <laughs> argument, but then we, we walk in there, and then it's magic because I have all my stats, but then something throws us off our game, and then you come in, and you're able to just like <laughs> take it and make it fly.
3: We have amazing suits on in yeah. this, by the oh, way. Oh, God,
1: yes, we do. Um, so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Both in stripes, right? Or, oh, I can be, like your hair, you've got, like, this slicked back hair thing going. Oh, yeah. yeah it's 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 intense. Yeah, mine is big and every, like, in this fantasy, I have, like, big curly hair that just kind of flies, but yet it's, like, intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, and for some reason, you're holding a lot of stuff. Well, yeah, because I have to have my binders and all of my organization, like, I'm walking into this with like data. Like blueprints and stuff, Yeah. Too. Oh, yeah, always blueprints, without question. Yeah. My suit is actually made, like, I. at one point, I take my jacket off, and it's a blueprint. Mm, smart. I want this movie to happen right now, and then I'm going to use that moment as my favorite moment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's one of mine. That's my 30. <laughs> okay, are you ready? Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You go first. Okay. I'm going to go first. So my number 30 is actually from a movie that I might not actually like. (gasps) <gasps> yeah so this is a movie that I've only seen one time and granted I saw it when I was I guess like 22 21 and I was maybe a different kind of movie fan and I hated it like I just it was the first IMDb first and only IMDb user review I ever wrote oh my and I wrote it just complaining about how pretentious this movie was and just just keeps going on and nothing happens and it's expecting so much and everybody loves it and it's stupid but even with that attitude as a young, brash college student, I did think there was one scene that just moved me and sucked me in and made me cry. And, now, and since then, I, again, I still haven't rewatched the movie. I have a feeling I would like it a lot more now. But even without that, um, this, movie, this scene is very important because it inspired one of my favorite performers to become a drag queen. And I am talking oh about... The um, musical scene of the lip-syncing to crying from Mulholland Drive. <laughs> this is your thirty. It's my number thirty. We should do. We should cover this. We should. I we should totally... because I've never actually seen it. Oh, and I have not revisited it since my angry I to be user review as a twenty-something. Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, then I won't say too much to spoil anything. But it is just an incredibly uh, – the characters walk into this sort of, you know, black box theater. You don't know what's going yeah. on. It's all very surreal. And there's a performer that just comes out, and she starts – she's lip syncing to crying in, in Spanish or Portuguese. It might actually be Portuguese. And it's just – I mean, it, it's such a powerful scene. Characters are reacting to it. I'm reacting to it. And I was listening to an interview with Katia on um, – I can't remember if it was on Tom and Lorenzo's podcast or on Rupaul's podcast. But they were asking like, so what got you into drag and lip syncing? And she actually says this moment in this movie that kind of showed her, oh, this is an art. this is a lip syncing is a is a performance art, and it's something that can be really moving and really special. And Katya is one of my favorite drag queens. um, and so it inspired her. And I also just think, you know, again, having. I, I can't say what I think of the movie because I was a different person when I saw it then. But knowing how angry, how angry this movie made me when I was that old. Uh, but yet I couldn't walk away and say this, this scene was incredible though. So that is my number 30.
3: Ooh. Okay. Let's, now, now I have to pick which one I'm just going <gasps> to say at 30. <laughs> so this movie is a movie that I'm going to say is the, this is the first one I'm going to talk about. it has, no ranking; they're all created equal, except some okay. are better. Um, but and this is a kind of a cop out, so I guess I'll get it That's out of the okay. way. So my first um, one that I'm going to say, and my cop out is, I'm going to say the beginning of the descent, <laughs> and by that I mean. The, the character development and establishing at the beginning in the cabin before they actually ever go in the
1: <gasps> oh, cave. Oh, the cabins. I'm like, oh, I'm like, with the car accident where the little girl dies? That's dark, no, not <laughs>
3: specifically that. But I just mean before we the know... The female bonding, m- that
1: whole
2: thing.
3: It's, yes. Yeah. So uh, just a quick little glimpse into how I pick things. Um, I picture movies a lot when I write And when I Mm. write things, I tend to play them out like it's a movie. Like, that's how I write. Like, if I can see it play out, I know I'm in a good place to keep going. And there are certain things that I pull from a lot, like imagery or things that stuck with me. And that's basically where all of these come from. Mm. Um, And I think about the way the stage is set for these characters in The Descent all the time, constantly. I think everything should aspire to do that because in that snapshot that movie could be about anything you don't you have no idea what the next hour and change is going to have for you because it could be about anything it's Mm -hmm. just these women who have passed but maybe disconnected and things have happened and we don't know everything yet like it's just i just think it's really masterful and i think about it constantly that's a
1: fantastic point because within That, like, two-scene stretch where they're drinking, they're talking. Mm -hmm. In the morning, Juno comes running, is running. You do, you get so much character moments from that. Like, from Mm -hmm. just those two conversations, you find out, you know, Holly is kind of this, you know badass, wild, wild girl that keeps wanting to, like, go find adventure. Juno is an athlete and is just constantly looking for the next thrill. And this one is a, you know, is a, is a, a doctor, and she's almost going to be a doctor. She just passed her test. And this is her sister, and she's a little religious. And you're right, it's so, there is so much organic, uh, just characters talking to each other, but they're partying, and they're fun, and I want to hang out with them. And then mm-hmm. I get to hang out with them for the next hour and watch them yeah. die, rather sadly. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one, girl. Hey, thanks. Yeah, well done. All right. My number 29 uh, is from a movie that we've covered on the show. It is one of, again, another one of my favorite episodes, I think, because I knew I loved this movie. And then watching it again for the episode made me realize, wow, I love this movie even more than I thought I did. Uh, And this is just on here. I have a lot of moments where it's just like one line that just was so effective for me mm-hmm. and it is the opening or let me set this up for you okay so we're in a convenience store and a guy runs into a convenience store and he's got a gun and what's going on and then a woman comes into the convenience store after him and she's pregnant and she's got a gun and she shoots him and then she walks into oh. the counter and she says, "Do you have any bean dip?" Is this ser- Series 7? Series 7, The Contenders,
2: yeah. Yes, yes. of course this is on Ugh. your list.
1: Um, I love this movie so much, and I love, why am I blanking on her name? Dawn. That yeah, the lady. Catherine Martin. What's her name in real life? The actress oh, yeah. who plays Catherine Martin in Sounds of the Lamb. She's amazing. She's incredible. Uh, one of my favorite character actresses. Duty. Foster. What is it? No, their <laughs> name isn't Jodie Foster. It's, it's, it's so, she was on, I don't know. She, she played, um, actually, she, she, I think she might have the record for, um, most guest appearances on Law and Order SVU as different characters. Cause she, or not SVU, but like the Law and Order universe in total. Law Cause she's been on yeah. a lot of them. Uh, it's going to really bug me. I just me. don't know her name. Catherine. Wait, why isn't it coming up on? There she is. Wait, where'd she go? Where'd she go? No, that's Cassie Lemon's. Um, This is really bugging me. But it is. So, Series 7, it opens. Brooke Smith! Brooke Smith, damn it, okay. Whew, got through that. Uh, It's just this great opening of the movie, but more importantly, it introduces this character who is like eight months pregnant and has just shot a man, and all she fucking wants is her bean dip. And it's just every time when I think of this movie, that is the first thing I think of, and I love it. Hooray! Right. Yes, best one for president. All right, what have you got? What What is your next? No, it's number twenty nine, but you don't need to know that. Okay, so my next one, I'll do this one um,
3: just to get it out of the way. I'm almost positive this was on my list of favorite movies, um, and I could pick many moments from it, mm-hmm. but I have chosen this moment for a specific reason. Um, so this is I, my, the movie is Shaun of the Dead. Nice. And the moment is when um, David, played by Dylan Moran, gets pulled out of the window by zombies and ripped apart. Spoiler. Um, <laughs> because I think of this a lot, especially when it's specifically thinking about um, balancing like uh, like uh, horror with another genre, mm-hmm. like so a horror comedy, because it, it is really upsetting yeah. and disgusting and... Um, not awesome, and yep. and and it's in this funny movie that a lot of people remember for being really funny and showcasing, you know, of course, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost mm-hmm. and Edgar Wright's humor and all that. But it, like, at its core, it's still like a really awful zombie movie. Like it, it does yeah. the zombie thing so well. Right, characters and I think that die,
1: the... and you have come to yep. care about those characters,
3: and it's impactful, and it's 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 effectively disturbing so I for me that that's a moment where in that movie it's easy to forget that that they want you to feel like there are stakes Mm. and something you know something at risk and and these characters lives aren't guaranteed and I think that that's good I think it it, that's what made it such a successful movie in my opinion that there was such a balance yeah so that's that's my
2: that's that's my
1: number I like it that's so (laughs) very good number Yay! Yay. all right um mine is on a lighter note number 20 see now i messed up because i have so i have it in a google doc so there's the first row is already a number so i have to remember so 39 so that was 30 29 28 we're at number 28 yeah um my 28 is also just a line but it's a line i use a lot in life um Uh and it's from a (laughs) movie that was not on my top 25 but probably would have ended up in like my top 50 or 75 uh and it's one i remember so fondly because i saw it in the theater and this is the movie that um introduced me to an early crush not my first crush one of my first crushes which is martin short uh (laughs) he is not in the moment the moment involves um uh other actors and this is of course in three amigos when el guapo is gifted a sweater for his birthday I've never seen this movie. You've never seen Three Amigos? No. Oh, no. good good god. Okay, I know we were trying to figure out what we should cover next time. And I was like, I just heard down. I'm like, we should cover Mahal and Drive. Fuck that shit. We're covering Three Amigos.
3: <laughs> my husband will be very excited.
1: Yeah, we're doing that. Okay, everybody. Next episode, Three Amigos. And so you will, you'll get to the moment when this, you know, warlord dictator of this small Spanish village, Mexican village, um, it is his birthday, and he is excited, and he is opening up his gifts, and one of them is a sweater, and he's so happy. And many times <laughs> in my life, I have held up a sweater and said it's a sweater so that's uh that's my number 28
3: oh that's a good one yeah i don't think i have anything funny on this list oh interesting oh that's weird what does that say about me well
1: it's funny okay because <laughs> i feel like most of mine if i had to look so again i don't want to spoil my list but i would say like they're either mu- it's either a musical it's a baseball related thing or for the most part it is something funny there's there's exceptions there's um there's some we'll keep going but interesting oh okay
3: okay so my my next one is i guess if i was ranking them numerically this one would be kind of towards the bottom anyways um but it is the movie is cloverfield um, okay which is a movie that i love and i am going to use this as an opportunity to tell a story Please, although this is it's not my favorite moment in cloverfield that's okay so there's a point take us on a journey
1: christine take us on a journey
3: there, there's a point in Cloverfield where um, they're in the subways and I lived in New York at the time so I have a very this this movie holds a very special place in my heart because my my the, my favorite scene actually takes place somewhere that I was very familiar with but um they're walking through the subway and, um, and there there's they're, there you know in Cloverfield there were those little like weird parasite things yeah, that fell off. Yeah. the I well, I like that scene so, a lot. So they're in the they're in the they're in the subway and, and I guess the parasite things were like down at the other end and all you see is like the camera looked down and um there's just all these rats Running in the opposite direction, which is like super foreboding. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh my god! And then, so I'm sitting in the movie theater, I probably told the story before on the show. And then the dude behind me says at full volume, <laughs> "Oh, them shits are running away from that shit." <laughs> and I still say that. <laughs> that being said, that's not my favorite.
1: Oh, it's um, my so favorite now.
3: My favorite is when they they get in, when the group gets into Bloomingdale's. And Marlena, played by Lizzie Kaplan, has been, you know, whatever has happened to her, Mm -hmm. and then I guess she explodes. I don't even fucking know to this day what happens. Yeah, Um, but but it's effective. Impression is that she exploded. But I used to work. I used to take that subway, that line all the time, and that was my stop. It was fifty six and Lex, and um. Or 59th and Lex, and I worked at 56, and or and that's where Bloomingdale's is, and there's an entrance to Bloom, Bloomingdale's right when you're coming up the, from the subway, and that's where they went in. They went in through that, nice. and my little dumb one year in New York mind was fucking blown. I was like, <laughs> I know where
2: that is. I go here every day.
3: Here, and so I don't know that whole part. Once they get into Bloomingdale's, I'm like, this is my favorite movie of all time. That's it's fantastic. not my favorite all time but that always sticks with me so when people talk about that movie i a lot of people think of the statue of liberty head rolling mm-hmm. or like
1: the monster itself the bridge like this... i think is a big scene that i remember i guess
3: i love the yeah. brooklyn bridge scene I obviously would be up there but like that's that
1: whatever happens to marlena man
3: that mm-hmm. that's a big one yeah
1: for me. yeah and if memory serves because she's kind of like the most likable or the character that you're just kind of most interested in so I remember being like really bummed when she died because I'm like oh now it's only like the super pretty people
3: yeah I like that and then the world fell in love with Lizzie Kaplan yep yep Um, yep. she she was great in
1: it yeah she is that's mine good one good one uh so my number 26 comes from a movie that I know did appear on Oh, no, wait, I'm, I'm lying. Number 27, I'm jumping ahead. Number 27 is another movie we've covered. It wasn't on my other list, but it, that was just because I hadn't watched it in a while. And if I had, it would have been up there. Um, it's the first of my musical moments on Ooh. here. And um, how, do I, how do I even say it? Um, my number 27 is simply the best way that you tell a boy that you have a crush on him which is you get off your bicycle.
3: Oh, is this is you... Teen Witch.
1: <laughs> yeah, it is Teen Witch. You <laughs> fucking knew it. <laughs> you kick that bike away. He may be rapping, he may be singing to his boys, but you go over there and you rap back at him. It is top that from Teen Witch. It is such a. Stu- I mean, teen, which we know, it is a stupid, lovely, wonderful movie, uh, filled with other things that could have made my list. The most popular girl could have been on here. I debated, but I thought, like, at the heart, like, granted, in a, in a way, um, most popular girl is a more catchy tune. I end up singing that more often in life than you'd think. Um, but top of that is just the like. I think if you were trying to sh- to describe this movie or why this movie is so great to somebody. You would just take that scene and they would know.
3: I I mean yes, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> I wish I had the same fondness for that movie that you did. <laughs> I wish the world did because it, mm. it would have had
1: a sequel. That's true. Is there a Criterion release of it no, yet? Well, the, um I have it on Blu-ray and there is like oh, good. there's a commentary track, there's a bunch of extras. Oh yeah, they loaded it. Cuz well, good. Love it. they know. They know. So what do you have for number 27?
3: Okay. Well, this, again, no particular order, but I figure I should get rid of one of the 57 Henson things that are on here. (laughs) Um, So I am going to pick... um, Well, this is the Great Muppet Caper, and honestly... We could just talk all day about the Great Bob of the caper. Okay. But what, what, the moment that I think of the most, as I'm saying it, I'm thinking maybe I should change it. No, I'm going to stick with it. Um, is when Piggy breaks into the house <gasps> to yeah. pretend that it's her house. <gasps> oh, yeah. And she's giving Kermit the tour and John Cleese is <laughs> following them around. I have huge chunks of dialogue from that scene memorized i i think things in piggy's voice sometimes (laughs) there's a point where she goes and this is the closet and sometimes when i go to the closet i hear that yes oh how i love that movie but also in that movie she jumps through the window on the motorcycle and and that has like the happiness hotel song in the and the Murphy bed that keeps going, like there's so many things that just jump out in my brain oh, yeah. about that. But I love that scene. Her little feet look so cute. <laughs> and She's climbing up the house, and she, I just, I just love her.
1: That sequence is great. It really it's is. It's so
3: good. And then second place for that is when um, Piggy comes out of the the water fountain, and she has <sighs> on the jacket, and yeah. she just it, and she's got the jewels, and Charles groans goes, "Why,
1: Piggy? Why? why? Oh, he's so good in that." Uh if if we ever did, like, when we get to episode, I don't know, like 450 and we're like, oh, what what special thing are we gonna do for this one? Um we should just do a ranking of like best outfits in movies. And I have a feeling both of us are gonna be like, it's Miss Piggy and the Great Muppet Caper, Muppet Stick Manhattan, and the Muppets. Like, yeah, she, she looks really good in Great yeah, Muppet Caper. Because yeah, she gets to be like uh like it, it's what's the word i'm looking for it's so movie starish in that movie yes. where she gets to wear gowns but also you know like spy outfits and yeah mm-hmm. she looks so good in it i love it very nice very nice christine i guess i did have
3: a funny one there you go
1: <laughs> all right number 26 for me although because i got ahead this movie was on my top 25 list it was i think probably like 23 or so um and, again, I've said it before, being, like, I guess I was probably about eight years old, watching Killer Klowns from Outer Space for the first time was just mind-blowing. Uh, and still today, when I watch it, I'm like, "Well, you look at that. Like, there's a scene where he shadow puppets somebody to death. There's a scene where he makes somebody into a rebel- ventriloquist dummy. I love the creativity of this movie, and my favorite moment that I remember as a kid like the moment when my jaw dropped and I was like, "Movies can do anything!" <laughs> is when the uh, when um, Debbie and Mike are first running away from the clowns. When they realize there's clowns, they're scary. They're running away, and the clowns are chasing them. And they do two things that are just the greatest thing in the world. One is that they shoot popcorn at them, and you're uh, like, I, "Popcorn yeah. gun? What's a popcorn gun?" And then they get out, and they don't they, you know, they don't know which way they went. So what does the clown do? Motherfucking takes balloons out of his jacket and he just starts making a balloon poodle and immediately puts that down and they have a balloon dog sniffing. It's an evil alien clown balloon dog sniffing out their prey, and it's just this moment of like you watch that and you're like yeah you know somebody somebody had this idea or three brothers had this idea and they said you know what we're gonna we're gonna do it. People are gonna tell us that this is stupid, but we're gonna go as out there as we can, and they do and it's glorious.
3: I haven't seen that in a very long time. Oh,
1: well, we could cover should... that with Three Amigos. How's that? I know. There you go.
3: <laughs> Let's do it.
1: All right. What do you have?
3: Okay. So my next one um, is kind of more like a snapshot than, than anything else. Um, I This is one of my favorite movies of all time. This was probably on my list. Um, and you could arguably take a lot of scenes from it but mm-hmm. and this this might be a little bit cliche but it's um texas chainsaw massacre mm-hmm. at the end when leatherface has the sun behind him and he swings the <gasps> chainsaw around
2: oh yeah
3: it's, it's one of the most for me most perfect oh, yeah
1: things ever filmed it is yeah. so sublime and yep. so wonderful uh best screenshot i think of any horror movie if you're it's... just taking that <laughs> one image that yep. image of with the sun kind of blocking the camera yeah oh yeah yeah So I love it.
3: I love it. I love it. That movie is fantastic. It still makes me tense and upset. Mm -hmm. I've seen it a billion times and and still I watch it waiting for it to end just for Sally in the back of that truck and that that fucking chainsaw yeah because you you know dude's probably gonna cut his arm off swinging it like that. Well, and
1: that's a thing and again to me like, it's like i have it's very dangerous. well oh i i just think you know I was, I, okay i'm gonna tell you something unrelated today i'm <laughs> sitting at work today i'm in a meeting and at, like it, the meeting was going very long and i was kind of getting a little antsy because i had stuff to do and i just i don't know where it came from but i just suddenly had an image in my mind our, our office has like big windows and i'm just looking out the window and I'm just imagining like what if I looked out the window and just saw a gigantic Tyrannosaurus Rex? <laughs> and just thinking for a moment, I'm like, that'd be really cool. No, it would suck. Because to me, there are two ways to die that sound terrible. And one is being mm-hmm. eaten by a dinosaur and the other is being chainsawed. Because that just, the yeah. the moving and cutting and shaking your body just sounds so terrible to me. So, um yeah, no, good pick. Uh, it was on your list. It was on my list last time. And I yep. don't know, we might talk about that movie again in a couple of Woo! slots at some point. <laughs> Very Exciting. Good yeah. All right, so we are up to number 25. And for me, this again is not one of my – this is a movie I like a lot. Not one of my favorites by any means. Probably in my top, like, 500 movies. But it's just a moment. And it's just a line. And it's a line that I remember the first time I, I heard it, I just thought it was funny. And since then, um, I think about this line a lot in life. And when things aren't going great or just when something happens that's like, oh, man, I have to do this or, oh, that didn't work out or, oh, no, um, I just say to myself, everyone has to eat shaving cream once in a while, which is a line Mm -hmm. from Larry Cohen's The Stuff. Oh
3: yes, it is. Oh. I've only seen that movie once, and it was a long time ago. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a
1: delightful movie. It's very. It adorable. is
3: was such a pleasant surprise yes. the first time I yes. saw it.
1: Yes, it's. I mean, it's weird as anything. You'll. I, I. I was about to say we should cover that, but then I'm like, no, because I'm gonna have that fucking jingle in my head for another six <gasps> months because that's what happens. I We're love of Charlie*. He's great. <laughs> oh God, yeah. But it's just that one line that because I mean it comes after a kid whose family has turned into evil uh, ice cream people. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he's he's trying to, like, get away from them. And the way he does it is he fools them into thinking he ate the ice cream because he starts eating shaving cream pretending it's the ice cream. And then Michael Moriarty is driving by and he's able to pick him up. And he's like, oh, my God, it was so terrible. I had to eat shaving cream. And, well, yeah, everyone has to eat shaving cream once in a while. It's just one of those, like, I've almost used this line at work before, before realizing – Nobody's going to understand it, and then, Not the right and audience, then it's just going to yeah. be confusing to people. But it's just mm-hmm. such a great, I don't know, I guarantee the next time the police are coming to hunt you down, as they clearly are me, if you hear the sirens mm-hmm. outside my window, uh, that just the next time something doesn't go your way, say to yourself, take a sigh, and then say, everyone has to eat shaving cream once in a while, and I guarantee you'll feel a little better. Okay. okay. I like it. It feels real deep. Doesn't it? So something about it just clicks for me. (laughs) All right. I have one. All right. Let's hear it. I'd like
3: to tell you about it. So this is a movie. I'm going to be really vague and lead up like an asshole. So this is a movie by a filmmaker who I love. And it was the first movie of his I ever saw. And I was totally blown away. Um, so I'm um, it's kill list. I'll stop being an yeah. asshole. Oh yeah, so it's so It's kill list And really the first time, covered on the show. Yes. And I have you know it you know what it is for me? It's less the the moment yes. in the movie, I guess, and more the memory I have of my reaction the Ooh. first time I watched it. Yeah. I have never Literally been on the edge of my seat like I was with that movie, um, so it's all the stuffs happening and happening, and it's really disorienting, and you don't know what's going on, and nothing's really clear. You know, when you watch the movie front to back, nothing. There's there's things that aren't clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, when I watch movies, sometimes they don't do the thing that like in my darkest fantasy they do. Like I think to myself, wouldn't it be so cool yeah. if? It, then like it's never that because why would it be that um and and it was that all of yeah. a sudden there's like a cult or something in like a fire and this this dude has is like has this like quote air quotes hunchback type monster coming mm. at him and i'm like falling off the couch like just so enthralled with this movie and it it had it went from this thing I decided to watch on a whim to like something that satisfied me in a way that most movies don't and and i I will forever appreciate Ben Wheatley for what he gave to me um, that movie to me is is like a game changer I was I was like people people are making things that that I feel like are directly marketed at me this is yeah. this movie was for me and that was that was such a wonderful feeling and um i love it i i I just remember and i remember like it ended and i just couldn't shut up about it i was like and then this happened (laughs) and (laughs) And it's it's not it's not often i get that excited about things anymore you know
1: yeah no i agree completely uh i watched that for the first time i think with you when we did the show because and I had heard like people had told me to watch it, but I just hadn't. When I finally did, yeah, because it one of the most effective. Uh, I, I mean, a horror films, yes, if you want to call it that. It's a it's a it's, it's a tricky uh, you know genre to to call, but just so good. And and you're and I know the moment you're talking about because it is. It's just oh oh, oh my, and yep, we're doing this now. Yeah, okay. it is so dark, but it is fitting when you go buy it back and watch that movie from the beginning, especially if you turn the subtitles on to understand them better, uh, everything is there like it's it's not like, oh, I should have seen this coming. Like, no, 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 not that necessarily, but it's all there and it's earned and it's dark it's in this dark world and it is appropriately dark and doesn't pull any punches and it's so good. Yeah, good pick. Uh, yeah so my, my number 24 is on a very different note came out probably around the same time actually um you know few movies have been quite as fun for me and some of my friends as uh burlesque or burlicue uh-huh. if you want to call it that <laughs> as many of uh-huh. us do. Many, many of us burlicues refer to it that way uh it <laughs> i mean this is again a a one of those like sweet this sort of like new age musical that sort of was happening for a while where like and we'll get to stuff about this later but kind of that idea of oh here's a musical that takes place in this weird innocent universe uh and we're gonna have musical numbers but they're all like stage numbers Stanley Tucci is gonna be in it as Cher's gay assistant and he's just fabulous and you know Cher is just gonna do whatever she wants because she's Cher and you know it even picking moments, I could pick more than one moment of this movie. But uh, YouTube can tell you <laughs> that the most memorable moment of this movie, the thing that everybody goes to when when I say burlesque, the first thing you probably think of is nothing more than the wagon wheel watusi. Have you seen burlesque? Do you not know what no. I'm talking about? Oh, God, so we have to cover burlesque now, too. <laughs> um, we should get Jason on to cover that. So uh, there is a mo- so. <laughs> Again, the... <laughs> I'm feeling a little. Ah! You say that now. Uh, Christina Aguilera is like this. She wants to be a singer-dancer, but instead she's working as a waitress at this burlesque club, and she's like trying to audition. And Cher just won't let her because Cher just doesn't think she has it. And Christina Aguilera is trying so hard, and she's like this innocent, scrappy. You know, let me sing and dance for you. And then so Cher, so they're, they're doing the auditions, and and it's just the the way this moment is treated. Um, it's as if, like, uh, kind of if I like, can bring it on when they're like, okay, yeah, do a backflip, do this. Okay, do a front handspring, backflip. Like, that's what, what it is, only all it is is Cher saying to Christina Aguilera, like, oh, fine, you want to audition? Fine. Wagon wheel with As if, like, she won't be able to do this dance, but you know what? They play the music and Christina Aguilera fucking does the wagon wheel with and there is a YouTube clip that's just ten minutes of Cher saying "Wagon Wheel" with see over and over again, and it's just a delight. I don't know why it makes me so happy, but it does. Um, I do like
3: a lot of the things that you just said, so okay. maybe I wouldn't hate this. Okay,
1: okay, okay. All right, I like how we're like plotting so many future shows now. I've got I oh know Drive, Megu's Burly Q. Great. All right, what's your next one?
3: Oh, gosh, I hadn't planned one. Um,
1: oh Okay, let me do this
3: one. Okay. Okay, so I scenes this movie in the theater. Ooh. I saw this movie in the theater. Um, I didn't really know anything about it. Um, I actually went and saw it. Once I say this, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. Because my awful boyfriend at the time was obsessed with Marilyn Manson. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm <Uh-oh>. not talking <laughs> about the other movie Marilyn Manson is in. I'm talking about Jawbreaker. Um... <laughs> at the time he was dating Rose McGowan and he shows up in Jawbreaker. Yep. Um but I saw this movie in the theater and I don't know like it just it was it spoke to me on such a deep level and I was young when it came out. I mean we were we were in not...
1: high school, wasn't it? Yeah, 97 or so, 98 or so, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah
3: because um I'm not with this awful person anymore but um, so it but like my love for this movie has never faded it has remained like I thought I think funny and relevant um maybe it's not as awesome like for, with cultural sensitivity as mm-hmm, it could sure. be but I mean hey look different times man um but this the the what I picked out from this movie is um maybe my favorite Uh, the scene of anybody walking ever is when they're (laughs) all walking down the hall and Imperial Teen is playing really loud and it's just them walking in slow motion looking 90s fabulous and Rose McGowan looking like a fucking queen and she was just she was everything I wanted to be at the time like 90s Rose McGowan was just my idol and that was just encapsulated like such a fantastical thing to me like it was so wonderful and beautiful and i went right out and bought that imperial teen record (laughs) i i when i learned how to download music illegally i downloaded it and put it on a mix cd nice like and every time i hear it i think of that scene oh
1: my gosh i love it that
3: movie's so funny and good we
1: covered it a couple years this was an early movie for mm-hmm. us. You, yeah. About maybe our first year, some 90 episodes ago or so.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's still, I watched it somewhat recently and nice. it was like,
1: <laughs> I'm like, I still like it. Nice. All right. So now we're up to number 22. Uh, no, we're not. Number 23. I keep, I keep getting out. I don't know how to use a computer anymore. I really don't. Okay. Number 23. Um, Another horror movie on my list. So, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So um, my favorite movie of all time, Doesn't make this list. My favorite movie of all time is Dawn of the Dead. But I didn't, I couldn't think of, like, a moment in that movie that encapsulates everything. I am fucking shocked. I know. Is is this
3: your lead-in to talk about Day of the Dead? Yes! (laughs) Okay, good. I love you! (laughs) I was
1: going to be worried if it wasn't. No, oh no. Well, that's the thing that is, you know, I'm like, look, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, zombies are, like, the Romero quadrilogy is so important to me. And, I mean, again, I could say, like, oh, Steve's... When Steve runs into a zombie in Dawn of the Dead or this, like, or, like all these moments that I used to, like, we used to play with, like, with my brothers, like, we do the when when um, a zombie is coming at Fran and Steve pushes her into the zombie and says, run, we used to do that all the time. But I'm like, you know, like, I, I can't, like, pinpoint one moment in that movie. But then I thought, I'm like, but you know what? Oddly enough, my favorite moment is from my least favorite of the to- of the four and Day of the Dead is my least favorite of the four Romero film, Romero zombie films in the canon, which is what I consider to be night, dawn, uh, day, mm-hmm. and land.
3: And survival. We don't right? talk
1: about survival. So, But it is the opening of Day of the Dead when they're in the helicopter, and you know stuff has gotten bad, but mm-hmm. you don't, like, you know, like, he didn't have to give you, like, scrolling text to say, you know, 10 years after the outbreak or anything like that. It's just you get this lone elevator landing down a uh, couple people get out and they're just saying hello They're trying to find if there's any survivors Meanwhile the newspaper article comes And fr- like is blowing in the wind And freezes it just right at the right moment to say The dead walk And then what happens? The dead walk And it's just the best zombies Of the whole series Where They're all just, at this point, they've been rotting for a long time. They all have good personalities, but they're still really rotted. As much as I don't like Tom Savini as a human being, fuck does he do good zombies at that time period. An Alligator is just kind of wandering around. And it's just this really cool scene of just seeing how bad it's gotten and how Cool, it's gotten, and then mm-hmm. even when the credits come up over the one zombie whose face has been eaten away, and it's again the sun is just bursting through the credit, the title of Day of the Dead. It's just such a great opening to me. And as much as it, it is not my favorite of his films by any means, I have a lot of problems with it. Uh, I I love that opening so much. Yes, of course. This is this is on your list. Yeah, it would have to be.
3: All right, what do you have for number 23? Well, I will see your Day of the Dead Ooh. and I will I will raise you. Oh, the sacrilege I'm about to do. <laughs> um,
1: if you uh, say survival, I'm ending this podcast right now.
3: No. Uh, diary. No,
1: kidding. Oh. Uh, sorry. It's a joke. It's a joke. Hey, hey,
3: hey. Um, there are some matters
1: that are not laughing matters, Christine. <laughs> Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, okay, good, good. I I thought about some moments in here. Which one is yours? I am, I am certifiably
3: obsessed with this movie. Um, I I watch it constantly. I watch it on holidays. It is my <laughs> comfort movie. I don't know why. Um, everything about it is perfect and wonderful. Um, I don't know. My, this is I again not to cop out, but it's kind of a cop out. I will say that my the thing I think about the most in this movie is the opening and yeah. the efficiency and the efficient storytelling yeah. of the opening. And I will say that, again, sorry to cop out, but the opening for me is the when you're introduced to Sarah Polly's character mm-hmm. in the hospital to when she's driving away oh, from... Yeah awfulness again that's a lot but like you get this tiny little snapshot of her life and how normal it is and how wonderful Mm -hmm. it is and her relationship with her husband and I am forever in love with that actor because (laughs) of of this role Um, and then it it gets so bad and so disturbing so quickly so fast yep and there's just all these little again I'm a sucker for efficient storytelling there's she you know Louis is is like he's bleeding and she's like oh no now he's a zombie and she needs to get away but she does there's that quick little reach forward where she grabs the car keys Mm -hmm. off the nightstand like you've you've done nothing and now I know so much about this character yep Yep. it's and and it's amazing and she you know that there's that terrible disturbing awful stunt when she gets into the bathroom and she slams into the bathtub and it's so upsetting. And then it's so upsetting when he breaks through the door. And it's so upsetting when she jumps out the window. And and the movie has literally just started
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah
3: <laughs> and it's like strap the fuck in because this movie get i get it zombie baby stupid we don't like it blah blah, blah. um zach snyder whatever
1: i don't care um, <laughs> homophobic this movie, in weird ways but hey that's the director's cut not the theatrical cut yes
3: yeah, don't i don't i don't advocate watching the director's cut it's, honestly, yeah the this the, is one
1: of those cases where you're like oh no the, the your producers were smarter than you
3: yeah the theatrical is is, is real much real good. better yeah um and i think about it constantly there are very affecting things in it and very effective mm-hmm. things in it um and i think it was probably on my list of favorite movies it was i remember (laughs) um but i love it and that opening is amazing and i think that that everybody should tell stories that way
1: well i even remember usa aired the opening like as a promo for the movie it was like watch the first five minutes of dawn of the dead and i was like what what an odd thing to do And then you watch it you're like oh no that was fucking genius because give me that movie exactly and it is, and you're right, and even just, like, seeing her at work and, like, the conversation she has with her coworker, and, like, someone, like, says to her husband, like, oh, we're watching American Idol, like, it's just, you're right, within two minutes, I know this woman, and I believe this is, it's normal, and these are, like, nice, normal people, and then fucking hell breaks loose, and it's done so well. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, Zack Snyder is such a, a frustrating filmmaker, because you know how good he could be if he <laughs> didn't let his uh, ego Dick like take over mm-hmm. uh, his, his actual filmmaking but yes yeah good pick good pick all right all right so number 22 uh, for me it is another horror film I, I don't have that many but uh, a few of them are get, kind of getting bunched I guess so <laughs> all right so here's the thing you know that I really like um, horror Christmas movies good yes. one, or good ones or terrible ones that are fun uh, and, I mean, like, we had, like, a long tradition growing up where my brother and, and I would watch, like, a horror – a Christmas horror movie around Christmas or, like, on Christmas Eve. And at first, like, when I was making this list, I was – I, like – I mean, this is one of those, like, depressing, like, god damn you world for ruining something I loved but something maybe oh, I shouldn't no. have loved. Well, because my first instinct when I was doing this was, like, I feel like I have to put a Silent Night, Deadly Night moment on here, right? I have to put, like, Garbage Day on here from Silent Deadly 2. <laughs> and then, um, you know – america and stuff and it felt like thinking of that scene which is this i mean for those who don't know just google silent night deadly night 2 garbage day and you'll see what i mean it's very infamous it is just this i mean it's a terrible movie it's a kind of terrible movie that i love uh but really what it is it it is a shooting spree and like thinking about it i'm like i don't feel right talking happily about that scene right now so i'm like so let me think of another christmas horror movie that has something going for it and um and so, I, you know, I didn't I won't say I settled on because I love this movie and I love this scene. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on here. And it is the ending of Christmas Evil. Uh, Christmas Evil, a.k.a. Is it you better watch out? Uh, this is the movie with um, Fiona Apple's dad. And this he is a just kind of emotionally um, damaged man who probably has some things going on. And he loves Christmas so much And just loves it so much That he just wants to be Santa Claus And wants everybody to love Christmas And they don't And one day he finally snaps And goes on a killing spree Killing people that are not good Um, And the end of this movie And I'm not going to spoil it specifically But this movie ends in a way Where if you watch the movie I think most people walk out saying Oh that was kind of sad Because clearly uh, this character Was punished for what just happened or if you're like the certain percentage of the world that I fall into who like to see and whether we blind ourselves to the bad but like we want to see the good so we see the good and I know I'm not the only one who sees this end movie end and says that was such a happy ending didn't you hear it he's he's kind of spoiling he's going to be he became magical he became santa claus and i know that's not really what happens but you can see it that way, and I and I've heard other people talk about it as if they see it that way, and I think it's just such a beautiful thing that this movie kind of leaves it in a way where, like, yeah, no, he his car goes off a cliff and he dies, or his car goes off a cliff and then it flies, and you can accept that that's really happening if you believe too, and it's just such a, a strange movie that has so much heart behind it, and I think the oh, ending just perfectly, perfectly encapsulates that.
3: I don't, I was thinking, have I seen this? And then I have definitely not
1: seen this. I, oh man, I'm, I'm surprised you haven't. Because it's one that I, gets I talked I have, about a that lot. Yeah, it's nothing um, like I've ever seen before. Okay, well, I know what we're doing next Christmas. Oh my. Uh, I, I turned down no chance to watch this movie. So Christmas evil, it is special. I think you're going to find it really interesting. Oh, okay. All right. Even if I kind of gave away the ending, or didn't, you won't remember by the time you watch it.
3: No, I won't. Exactly.
1: All right. What's your number twenty-two?
3: Okay, I am gonna go with. I like just picking. It's really this exciting. Is crazy. I can't handle I know. it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with um, Weckerman. <gasps> yeah. Um, and I am going to pick. The scene uh, with Britt Eklund dancing <sighs> naked. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because of the song, which is called Willow's Song. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sneaker Pimps, who I really like because I am a child of the 90s, um, did a cover of that song, Ooh. which is weird and bizarre and random. So I actually was intimately familiar with that song before I ever saw that oh, movie.
1: Fascinating.
3: Isn't that weird? And yeah. I the movie's on and I'm like, "How the fuck do I know this song?" Like yeah. I've never seen this. And it was one of those things where I was like, "Thank thankfully we have internet." And I was like, "What the hell?" So I found <laughs> out, "Oh, there was a cover of it on this on this album." And I was like, "Oh my gosh." So, I don't know, like it really solidified that moment in the movie i felt really connected to it in a weird yeah. way because like i've i knew all the words and i and it felt like it really fit in the it was just interesting to see where it came from and how like of course it came from here it belongs here
2: right right
1: oh it's
3: that's
2: weird neat. yeah
1: <laughs> it was like a weird backwards discovery of something but it's so cool um, too because that song and that scene are so weirdly atmospheric where you you don't really know what's you know, whose side you're supposed to be on, what's going on, but, like, you're caught, like, you're, I mean, I remember watching that, and I'm like, I'm sweating, too, watching this. It's really, it's it's bizarre and off-putting,
3: too, yeah. because at that point, it's been a while since I watched this movie, so I should revisit it, but at, the, at that point, I'm pretty sure you know something's wrong, or off, or weird, but mm-hmm. you don't know, you definitely don't know the extent of it, and this is just really, it's really strange. Yes. And yeah. it's almost like, and should I be scared or should I be titillated or should I be nervous? And you're or... all of those things. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, and really, it makes you feel really cautious. Yep. And I don't know, it's it's enchanting. And I it's also say.
1: like, because because you don't know, you know, you're watching it and you're like, should he give in? Clearly, something's wrong. But yeah. But I mean, come on, it's Britt Eklund banging at your door and she's naked and you want her too. And yeah, that's a good one. I debate. I couldn't. I almost. I scrambled for Wicker Man to see if I wanted to put something on here and I thought about putting the um the final scene when he's in the Wicker Man because that seems so powerful but it just didn't I was like "Ah, I don't know I don't know so I'm glad I'm glad I got a mention here yay yeah all right number 21 um going from one extreme to the other (laughs) so well or is it really in many ways um look we, we talk about our age, and a certain movie came out in 1989. I actually was not allowed to see this movie in the theater because my mom thought it would end in tragedy and that I'd be sad. Oh, so my. So I had to wait until it came out on video, and then I was able to rent it. And then for the next probably two, three years, every time I was swimming in a pool, I would sing Part of Your World from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> I thought about putting The
3: Little Mermaid
1: <laughs> yeah. because
3: I, I – I honestly have a big problem with this movie. I oh have my a big god! Problem There's with so this, many problems with Disney with in general. If you
1: watch this movie today and as a feminist. Woo,
3: Woohoo! It's it's really. I had problems with it. I think even as early as like, like as a, a freshman in high school. Like, <laughs> you were smart. But, but there was there was a, a smaller version of me that watched it every single day oh, during yeah. summer vacation. Yep.
2: Oh yeah
1: and has huge portions of it memorized. Oh and I mean again I'm a musical fan and what this movie did was it turned Disney movies into yeah. essentially broad these are all Broadway musical stuff and so much so that it was you know Howard Ashman and Alan Menken doing the music and it, the music in this is so brilliant and under the sea is one of my favorite go-to karaoke songs but part of that world <laughs> is the scene Where you're, you know, a little girl playing with your toys and you want hair like that. You want a layer like that. Didn't we all comb our hair with a fork? Of course we did at that age. Well, some of us might have. Um...
3: Oh, that's really funny that you picked that, because yeah. I was really
1: thinking about it. <laughs> that's, yeah, because this wasn't on either of our lists in our top 25, I think because we both know why. It's a very problematic movie, uh, you know, for it really women. is. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, that's so funny. Can I go right into my next Please. one? Please. So when I was, whatever, whenever I, age I was, when I had the clamshell VHS of Little Mermaid, actually it was my sister's, um, she got it for her birthday, because I never got anything cool. Anyways, um, we, <laughs> went, we were on, off school for summer vacation, and every day we would watch the same two movies. Okay. And one of them was the Little Mermaid, uh-huh. and the other one was Labyrinth.
1: <gasps> yeah?
3: Um. So... This is where I talk about Labyrinth. <laughs> uh,
1: earlier than I thought it would be. Yeah,
3: well, you know, mine aren't in order. No, I just thought it was, good, okay. yeah. it was a good It was a good segue. Um, so I guess maybe we could thank uh, thank Jim Henson
1: again for keeping me well balanced, or else who yeah. knows
3: what I would have turned oh, into God, if it was a just the Little point. Mermaid. You'd
1: be walking around with your clamshells over your boobs and
3: but I do that selling anyways. your
1: voice on the street to anybody. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Man. Ursa,
1: human Ursula, again, style icon. Oh, yes. Uh, the, She's so... the hero of, the, like, you watch it today, and you're like, what the fuck? She was robbed. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, So, <laughs> so there's, it's hard to pick like, a scene
3: in Labyrinth, like, that's real, real hard, and I don't know if it's on your list. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's on my list. Yeah. Okay. So, like, I don't know, obviously, like, the doors, you know, mm-hmm. the Uh, this one he always lies and I always tell the truth oh what a lie like there's whole
1: again strings of dialogue that I can nobody wants to watch this movie with me because I do not shut up so I went to the dentist for the a couple years ago I hadn't been to a dentist in a while and I went to the dentist and I was so terrified because I hadn't been to a dentist in a long time and so and like so it took a long time the dentist had to like really do a lot of stuff in there. And so I sat there the entire time staring up at the ceiling and like to distract myself, I just recited in my mind all of labyrinth from beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um so so I love those I love the line the door
3: that lies and tells the truth mm-hmm. and I love the ballroom scene yeah. and I got to see his outfit and her dress from that scene oh. in real life, and I just like stood there and cried. Oh, yeah. Like it's a, it's a, it's a. I'm really emotionally attached to this Me movie. Too. But as the scene that I chose, it's at the very end.
1: <gasps> okay, um, so it's a different scene from than mine. So good.
3: Okay, good. Woo. And um, so it's it's the speech the through dangers untold and
1: hardships, hardships unnumbered. unnumbered. I have fought but my way here to when, the castle beyond the Goblin City.
3: It's when she remembers. <gasps>
1: Damn it, I never remember that line.
3: Yeah, you have no power over me. You have no power over me! And those, everything like.
1: Dun, 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 It's so good! Yeah. Like, I know the music cues. I'm with you.
3: And I remember trying to memorize that, and I remember, mm-hmm. like, like sitting, I remember sitting in the bathtub, <laughs> going, like, like re- reciting it over and over again, trying to memorize it, and um, I don't know, man. It's, I love it. I still,
1: uh, it's still so good. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's a good one. That is a good one. It's there not mine. It's, mine will be different, she, but we'll get there. It's when she remembers. That's good. It's very good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. All right, so we're on to number 20. Uh, so a, a year after The Little Mermaid or so, maybe two years after. Is this Aladdin? No, uh, <laughs> a little bit on a different spectrum. This is an, uh, this is a Best Picture winner. I think oh. this is the only Best Picture winner City. on my Yeah, definitely the only Best Picture winner on my list. Um, it is a movie that is, I mean, not. Okay, the movie is Silence of the lamps. And obviously, there's a lot of scenes in Siles of the Lambs that could have mm-hmm. been on here, including, don't you hurt my dog. Don't you make me hurt your dog. Um, so many moments. A couple of years ago, I went for Halloween. Um, I went as uh, Clarice, and my husband I went as Hannibal, of course. Uh, and it was great, you know. But my favorite, my mo- the moment in this movie, and it's a particular one because it was one that I don't think I caught Watching, but I remember my dad pointing it out. And once I saw it, I just thought, "My God, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen." And I think also because I, I was I was like nine when this came out and I saw it in the theater, and so I wasn't thinking filmically yet. But I think it was one mm-hmm. of those moments that like got probably made me start to think about what else a film does. And so it's the moment when um, Clarice uh, first meets Doctor Lecter, and she is down in the little dungeon, and she's standing back from the glass, and she's holding out her ID. And the camera is facing Anthony. Anthony Hopkins is looking directly at the camera. And he is walking. And he's standing there saying closer, closer, because he wants to, you know, obviously get a better look at her. And he is looking straight at the camera. And we have just seen the shot of her standing there holding up her ID. And now we cut to Anthony Hopkins looking straight ahead. And so you're watching it. And you're picturing him standing there reading her ID and looking and understanding who she is. But then he holds the stare for a second or two. And then his eyes go down to the side and you realize now he's reading her ID. And it's this moment when you realize, oh shit, he was staring at her in in those 2 seconds. And it's so dis- once you, I remember my my dad pointed that out and once I realized it it was so disorienting because you realized that oh here is you know something this actor and this director are doing in terms of you know playing with perception and it's scaring you after the fact. Because once you realize, oh, now he's reading her ID, it's – so he was staring at me for those two seconds, and I didn't even realize, and that's even creepier. And I just – I love that moment. I think it's just, you know, as much as – I used to kind of feel like Sons of the Lambs was a little overrated because Mm -hmm. I think the horror – just and mostly because it was like it's the you know it's the only thriller to win best picture and it always turns into that whole like horror movies don't get respect kind of thing and the only mm-hmm. way they do is if you don't call it a horror movie and so on and so on but i've come around again and i'm like now Sons of Lambs is a fucking brilliant movie and it's a probably a near perfect movie and it's little things like that that i think really make it that powerful of just here and there just tiny little touches that unsettle you well, you
3: just said a lot of really nice things about a movie that I don't care for, and you okay. made me made me feel a little bit better about it.
1: Okay, interesting. Didn't realize you were not a fan. How fascinating. Not a fan. Hmm. I think it's overrated. I felt that way for a long time. I'm not gonna like I mean all through probably until like maybe 4 years ago. I was kind of on the train of like I really feel like people talk too highly of silence. And then I randomly rewatched it and I was like, you know, that's a really good movie. I mean, I I I like it well enough, but I just I just don't understand
3: the Some fanfare it gets sometimes. Yeah. Especially, there are things I oh the use of goodbye horses in that movie. Like they, we played that song at the wedding. Like that's nice. that's my jam. Yeah, um, it's great. Um, I don't know. It I think you know what? I'll be completely candid, not to get too off Ooh, off um, okay. topic, but. I think it's when you watch the other movies that that um, Anthony Hopkins is, plays mm-hmm. Hannibal Fair.
1: in. Like he he real bad. He he gets so <laughs> hammy in the other ones. It's, That's very it's not good. Red yeah. Dragon is not good. It's I, uh, I, it's I don't think Red Dragon is. It's funny. My husband loves Red Dragon. I don't think Red <laughs> Dragon is as bad as people make it out to be. But I just think it's mediocre. Whereas Hannibal. I mean, I kind of enjoy Hannibal, because it's just campy, but at the same time, I get it. Hannibal Hannibal is so over the top. Hannibal at least strikes a tone that matches his performance. I feel
3: like Red Dragon, he's in a different movie. Everybody kind of is in in that movie. It's it's weird. We just recently watched a portion of it, because it was just on TV, and then we went and rented Manhunter, because I was like, oh, I'd like to see the good version of this
1: now. (laughs) Um, I love Manhunter. I didn't always love Manhunter, but I... Manhunter is fantastic.
3: Yeah, we rewatched it. It was real good.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So
3: not... That's not on my list. But here's a
1: trick, though, for Sounds of the Lambs. It's something that um, I didn't always think of watching it, but somebody... I can't remember who said this. I heard a really great way of watching that movie, and I think that's a movie, too, that you can watch from different viewpoints and say, I'm going to watch this movie as a movie about this, a movie about this, a movie about that. And I heard somebody say, watch Sounds of the Lambs as a movie about... How, um, how scary it can be to be a woman in a world of men. Mm-hmm. And on that, when you watch it that way, it is rife with that. And it's really powerful. I mean, the open, my, one of my favorite images of that movie, and it, I should have probably put this on my list too, it's the opening of after Clarice you know, is training at the FBI, she gets in an elevator, and there is little five-foot-one Jodie Foster, and she's standing in, a, in an elevator with a bunch of dudes who are six feet and up that's funny because i know exactly that scene and i remember it very well so obviously it made some kind of impression on me and and it's throughout the movie there's so much about every time she has a inter like there's so everything is loaded when she talks to men you have you know dr chilton who's obviously a worm trying to hit on her you have uh, Lecter, who does talk to her differently because he is charmed by her um jack uh, jack shepherd who uh, again there's like a, a it's a different relationship and throughout just every time there's this constant um added weight to it and i think it's a really interesting angle into that movie that i would encourage you if you if you ever go back to it watch it and think of it that way and i think you'll get a lot okay i could do that okay cool uh what's your 20 okay hey
3: that's funny um so i was making this list and i said to myself self you didn't put any horror movies on this list. What the f- like? I put way, way too many. I think, but um, <laughs> so in a similar vein, I am picking um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Ah, nice. Um, again, like super affecting. I've watched it very young, watched it very often. I know huge portions of dialogue. Again, um, but the thing that I always think of when I think of this movie is um the cheer The uh, how, how funky is, your chicken? is your, chicken? your chicken how funky is your chicken yeah. how loose how is, goose your goose? is your goose yep.
1: our goose is totally goose loose totally
3: loose. <laughs> <laughs> totally loose. yep um so that would be <laughs> that would be my nice. scene from this movie um Rucker hour in this movie <sighs> was probably the first time that i found like a significantly older
1: man attractive Mm, okay so
3: i mean as a special place in my heart there sure wonder how old he was in that movie but yeah that's my that's he was a vampire
1: so he could have been like 300 years old for all you know that's
3: true we don't even know but that's my pick buffy i i haven't watched it in a while but i think about it a
1: lot how yeah i have not watched that i feel like i might have only seen that when i was like in sixth grade when a friend rented it and i loved it then and of course now it's become kind of you know to buffy to fans of the show which i am it's become kind of like not a dirty word but it's more like oh we don't even talk we don't even count that but i remember oh, loving it yeah. as a kid and I, w- I wonder how i would find it today watching it
2: yeah
1: i remember i oh, still remember was, I f- yeah how old was he, he was
3: eight? only like 38,
1: 38 <laughs> so oh so my <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> when i when i was like ten, and you just thought oh, he could boy. have been your grandpa. Well, oh. oh, hi, Christine. <laughs> All right, nice. Um, so now we're moving into, I guess, my first real sports movie of my list. Is it A um, League of Their Own? No. no okay. Here, no. Here's what's crazy. So again, I I have a lot of baseball on my list, um, but I I could again, A League of Their Own isn't on here because I couldn't pinpoint one moment. I'm like, you know, there's so many moments um but i don't know that like what is the one scene of, and i thought i'm like you know it because it, it's changed today it might be the final play when dotty drops the ball but wait like 10 years from now i'm not gonna feel that way so i honestly like i couldn't find the moment in a league of their own which is crazy to me because uh, i again it would have also turned into like oh it's the entire john lovett section it's this entire section and that mm-hmm. would just be cheating so Instead, uh, my first sporting movie that is not baseball related, but is sporting related and is very timely because, as we were talking, the Olympics are near the end. And what is my favorite Olympic sport? It is obviously figure skating. And what is the greatest move in figure skating, aside from Surya Bonali's backflip that she lands on one foot with, is obviously the Palmchenko.
3: Are you talking about the cutting edge? I'm talking about the
1: cutting edge. I saw that a
3: lot when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah.
1: I had a relationship with this movie. Yeah. Um. I think I've probably told you before about my grand uh, celebrity meeting. You the, did the best celebrity run-in I've ever had in my life was when I was I drunkenly saw D.B. Sweeney on the subway, and went up to him and said I love you in the Cutting Edge, and he saw, immediately took out a postcard and signed it toe pick for me. Uh, so Aww. I love this movie. It's a figure skating romantic comedy, but it's it's a really funny romantic comedy. Everybody's really good. D.B. Sweeney's great. Laura um, Kelly's great. The there are so few figure skating movies, and I don't understand that because it's just cinematic. Uh, sport, but my the moment in this movie it is when it's the f- the finale, and they're at their Olympic free skate, and they know they don't really have a chance at gold unless they do something crazy, and they've been practicing a move, and it's called the Palmchenko, and it makes no sense in terms of human physics and gravity, because basically, he picks her up by her legs, he spins her around, he throws her in the air, she does a triple axle and lands on one leg. It doesn't make any human being sense, but they do it in the movie. <laughs> and I wish pair of skaters would do it in real life. Maybe one day. We can dream. We can dream uh, that was What a good is, one. Thank you. What is your number 19? Does it involve figure <laughs> skating? It doesn't,
3: unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, let me go with this one. Um, so to keep in with the I didn't put any horror movies on this theme, um, I I have a, a pick from Oculus. <laughs> oh, <that's> so good. <laughs> um, yeah, I think about it constantly. Another and by movie con- we covered here. Mm-hmm. And by constantly, I mean I think about this maybe three times a month. I think about when those little kids go to try to get help oh, and yeah. no one believes them. No. I think about it nonstop. Oh, it's such a <laughs> it sad. some of the most upsetting, like low-key, emotional moments I've ever seen. Like, and I think probably when we covered it, I said, as a child of abuse, who watched it with somebody yeah. else who was abused as a child, we yeah. both were like my fucking god that Ugh. that is is so, it's so real yeah but it's context of this supernatural story that they're telling but it's still so real and it made me connect to that movie in such a visceral way that oh. i i even think about that more than like the horror elements of that movie
1: it's well it's what makes the horror element so effective because you yeah your heart is just with those kids so much mm-hmm. yeah oh what's a sad one it's...
3: It's a sad one, but but again, it's this little storytelling moment that I feel like mm-hmm. showed really great attention to I don't want to say detail, but like uh, uh, like this understanding of these characters, yeah, yeah. like in in in, in it could have easily not been there mm-hmm. in, in in place of something a little bit like scarier, sure. but I think it was really effective, and it made you feel really hopeless in the situation, it just added a lot of dread yeah. to it um so that's mine i i that's a great movie if you haven't seen oculus oh god do it
1: people and then listen to our episode on it back from a year or two ago (laughs) please do um on a much lighter note number 18 (laughs) so we all knew a step up dance sequence would be on this list obviously now christine this might have been the hardest decision i had to make of all of these 30 because it was like i mean which dance sequence do i pick Right, part three is my favorite film, but what I mean, and I love the "I Won't Dance" song, but I'm like, but I don't know because that doesn't involve everybody, and it's not as wacky. And part four, which is like one of my lesser favorite movies, and but it has the best finale, and has all these other crazy dance scenes in it. Part four does have the best finale. Part four is the best finale. Part four overall has the best on average dance sequences. All those dance sequences are stellar. They are high concept. They are beautiful sets. They are artistic. Uh They're really cool. but. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to cheat because Step Up All In, the part five, the finale of that movie has everything in the world. It has people. They're all dressed like steampunk for some reason. Um, there's flame throwing. There are it's people coming really from good. the ceiling. There are people coming up from the ground. Mm-hmm. How long were they in there? Are they how are they breathing? Is there air tubes down there? I don't know. The robot if guy memory gets his seen. It's, re- it's it's filmed really well too, oh, yeah. which some of sometimes these these movies have struggled with. Yes, definitely. Um, yeah, this one it was in 3D, and it's not, that like, 3D of Step Up 3D is still my favorite 3D of any 3D movie ever, but the 3D <laughs> of this sequence is really good, There's mm-hmm. and I'm kind of, like, grouping it with even, not just the, the good Step Up team, but, like, the evil dance troupe, because the guy comes out and does the weird arm thing, yep. there's a twin-off, because the entire movie, yep. I remember going to see it, and just the entire time, I remember looking at Erica, I'm like... There's twins and there's twins Are they going to twin? There's going to be a twinning And at the very last scene like there's a twin off And the twins pair off and it's beautiful Um, And Camille gets to come out and dance Because she doesn't get to dance in the rest of the movie And she's the best Um, It's ridiculous and everything A step up movie should be And it gives you all the dancing you need Um, Mm -hmm. So it is the finale of Step Up Love
3: it I don't have any step up movies (sighs) On
1: mine But that doesn't mean I don't love them Okay it doesn't mean I don't I love you more, but it might mean I love you a little less.
3: Yeah, I can I I anticipated that.
1: It's reasonable. Yeah.
3: Um so I have one that is not, well maybe it is. I don't know. I clearly don't know myself very well. <laughs> so, um I could put Death Becomes Her on this for Ooh. a lot of reasons. You know they're making a musical with Kristen Chenoweth on Broadway, right? That is so funny. You know I'm going to see a musical version of it with Ben De La Creme and um, Jinx Monsoon, Oh, my God.
1: Um, I didn't, (laughs) but I am so jealous now.
3: Uh, Yes, I love this.
1: It
3: it really spoke to me when I was a child. Uh, Again, saw it way too young, probably shouldn't have been watching it as often as I did. Probably didn't understand a lot of it. Yeah, that's one that Um, I think
1: I get the jokes more now.
3: Oh, a hundred percent. So, I will say this is this is this is mine. It could be a lot of things. I have a lot of scenes from this that I think about. Like I think about the way um, Goldie Han looks yeah. um, when she has the hole in her stomach, yep. and all and all that. Like I think about her makeup and the way she looks a lot. But I will have to say that. I guess my 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 moment from this movie is is the Isabella Rossellini um, reveal, mm. and when, and I I will just say that Isabella Rossellini in this movie affected me a great deal. Her aesthetic was extremely oh, pleasing God. to me. She is and so it, sexy
1: in this movie.
3: It was probably the if I dig way back, it's probably the first time that I realized that I was. Kind of gay, and I was like, "Oh, this is a thing, huh?" Right, right. So, <laughs> um, so if, if Rucker Howard was the first time, I was like, "Oh, old dudes are hot."
1: <laughs> old thirty-somethings are really hot.
3: No, a very old dude's thirty-eight. jeez <laughs> my husband's thirty-eight. Um, then is- Isabella Rossellini was the first time I was really like, "Oh, this is the most Chicks beautiful woman be I've sexy. ever seen in my life." Yeah, and I'm never ever gonna forget the way she looks because mm. even even when a long period of time had gone by since like young me had seen this movie and I had revisited it as an adult and like, you know, bits and pieces of it had kind of gotten like hazy. I never forgot what she looked like. I, her hair, her makeup, like she just, just, like that jeweled necklace she wears. I, yeah. She was the epitome of beauty and grace and she just looked so exotic. And I was like, what is happening in this movie? So, yeah. And that voice she's so and the way
1: she oh. the way she talks and what and she's bitchy and it's so great it, it is yeah <laughs> <laughs> that movie's so great it really I, should, I I haven't watched it in way too long I should
3: revisit it it's streaming somewhere Ooh, so nice. if you can find it um, also are they doing the musical is it like going to be on Broadway like it's for supposed really? to be
1: like a big Broadway production and Kristen Chenoweth <laughs> is is in it I forget who the other actress is. but oh they've like God. already so they've already I don't think they've like. I don't think they're in rehearsals, but it's basically like, no, this is announced. This is happening. Um, So it's exciting. So you should come to New York and see it. I want to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we'll do that. Uh, Good choice. Um, All right. So my number 17. Okay. So I have the movie and there's like three different sequences that I could use and I don't know which one to pick. Um, Follow your heart. Okay. So um, the movie in question is UHF because Uh, I love UHF. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Uh, there are, again, this is a movie that, like, I watched growing up with my brother so much, and so many, like, things in life that any, you know, there was, I remember, I can't, like, I think I was maybe in college and like a roommate Was like oh my books are overdue at the library And I just proceeded to like run Through Conan the Librarian and just Don't you know the Dewey Dewey Decimal System and I just remember her looking at me like What are you doing I'm like oh okay No I guess not everybody has seen UHF The movie that nobody saw when it came out in the theaters But I think if I had to Pick I guess I mean part of my heart lies with Conan the Librarian Because again I use the library quite a bit as we know But I'm gonna say, uh, nobody in my family can hand anyone a spatula or ask for a spatula Spatula city without immediately launching into, (laughs) My, where did you get that lovely spatula? Love it. And then launching into spatula city, spatula city. Buy nine penny. Your spatula doesn't get the tenth for just one penny. Everything about that two minute sequence just I it, it makes me happy just thinking about, and now I just really can't wait till the next time my husband says something about a spatula so I can launch into Spatula City. We sell spatulas, and that's awesome. Honestly, honestly, if you had said pick right now the most,
3: like, endear- enduring moment from UHF, I would pick Spatula City, Nice, too. nice.
1: We, we know each other. We get each other. Yeah. a 100% what I would have You picked. know, 100 episodes together. Yep. All right, cool. What's all your right. 17? Okay. What number are we on? We're at 17. Okay.
2: Um, I mean, maybe I,
1: you know, I'm not very good at counting. Well, that's okay. I will
3: pick. Okay. Well,
1: hmm. these are all good ones. I want to
3: save them for lower down. Okay. (laughs) Well, here's another horror movie, (laughs) but this is a fun one and you might, you might appreciate this. Um, so this is a, this is a part of a franchise that I know you care deeply about. Um, it is my favorite installment of this franchise and it is a line and a gesture in this movie that I do constantly. Hmm. Um, So there is a scene in bride of Chucky (gasps) (laughs) where Chucky and Tiffany are in the back of the van (gasps) and Tiffany had has just become the doll and Chucky tells her to act natural so she puts her hand over her forehead and lays back dramatically. <laughs> I do that constantly. Sometimes Zach will tell me to act natural and I'll just fall over. It makes me laugh every time
1: I think about it constantly. I like now imagining scenarios where, like, something's happening and Zach is like, Christine, act natural. Like, and then and I that's assume- always her fault. Yes.
3: I that's my I love Tiffany. I love love, love oh, God, Tiffany. Yeah. I love Jennifer Tilly in these yeah. movies. Oh, um, goddess she that to me is just like why I love her. She's so funny and so like goofy and
1: kind of stupid, but like it's so sweet so aware of it and oh she's she's a (laughs) brilliant person.
3: what a ham what a ham thing to have a doll do like it's (laughs) absurd
1: I love it so much and it works so well because you've you've met the woman so you're like oh no that that's her as a doll so yeah that's what she's gonna do that's what she do love it good choice (laughs) um yeah as you can guess that franchise might appear on my list at some point Ah, uh, Okay, but not at number 16. Number 16 is my only documentary that made my list. Oh, my. Yes. Um, classy, classy lady. Uh, you know, sometimes I have my moments. The documentary is a musical, so that's why it ends up here. <laughs> um, I know I've talked about it before. Uh, the movie is called Young at Heart. Young um, and at sign heart. Mm-hmm. And it is a documentary that follows a senior citizen chorus who go around and they perform and they perform like modern rock songs, but they're all like 70 and older or probably Mm -hmm. older. I mean, I think in real life, it's like probably senior citizen and up, but in the movie, they kind of focus on the performers who are in their 80s and 90s. Uh, And it's a, it's a, it's a really cool movie. I recommend this to everybody. It will make you sob your eyes out. Uh, Part of it is just the whole, um, it's, it's funny too. I'm going to, again, it's the Olympics, and I think one of the thing that a lot of people have started to notice, at least with figure skating, is, wow, isn't it so much more interesting when it's a shame that figure skating has turned into this sport for much younger teenagers, because there's a certain artistry and depth that you don't have when you're 15 versus when you're Adam Rapon and you're 28, mm-hmm. and how, like, isn't it so much more interesting to hear Adam Rapon and Mariah Nagasu talk than it is to hear these, like, 15-, 16-year-olds who have nothing to say? And it's similar with this movie where it's, you know, you can hear somebody sing Fix You by Coldplay, but when you hear a man who is on an oxygen tank in his 80s sing that song, it just takes on a new meaning. Um, so it 's beautiful movie with beautiful songs. The sequence that I will single out as the moment that will make you i don 't care how cold if you are oh, a no. if you are a Russian figure skater who has no heart because you you have sold your soul in order to do uh you know triple flip triple triple uh jumps, then you will still cry when you get about halfway through the movie, and the group has been singing um the song forever young. Uh and they the one of their lead singers uh in the group passes away. And so the group is very sad and they are scheduled that day to go perform at a prison. And they still go and they, you know, say this is song is deep being just or we're dedicating it to somebody we lost today. And you just and I mean I, I don't I'm pretty sure this was a pretty genuine documentary. I don't know if there's anything, you know, machinations mm-hmm. or not. But you basically just have the camera on This group of senior citizens singing this beautiful Song with you know A little old lady coming out and taking a solo And again you know the man they're singing It for um and then And they're singing it to men in a prison Yard who are watching this with tears in their Eyes because it's just a Really beautiful moving Moment of just just So much comes out of it as far as You know just The I think the the I don't know the depth and everything else of living that long um just the the human connection of it all it's just it's a really beautiful movie and I think that's the moment that a lot of people kind of go back to as that moment that grabs you and just kind of takes this thing to another level so that sounds lovely yeah it is lovely you should watch it what a nice lovely thing that you picked oh, yeah yeah. what are you gonna um what are you gonna ruin it with huh ah no I'm gonna pick
3: something lovely and and i have something Oh, okay i found it okay what do we got okay so this one actually if i was ranking them would probably be up a little bit higher but i didn't do that that way everyone (laughs) (laughs) so um i wait did we cover this on the show too i don't know Mm -hmm. Hmm. so the movie is take this waltz
1: we did yes we covered this one with erica
3: Oh, okay, yeah. So this is Sarah Polly showing up again on my list because I am very impacted by her. Oh, yeah. Um, So it is literally the end of the movie. Um, Michelle Williams is on the scrambler, and Mm. she's by herself, and the Buggles video, Kill the Radio Star is playing very loud, and the camera is just on her on this ride. Yeah literally ready to cry talking about it. Um, <laughs> I think it is so beautiful. Yeah. And if you have not seen Take Take the Waltz, you I should. got it it's the Blu-ray for $5. I nice. got the Blu-ray for $5. It's it's out there. Go find it and watch it. It's very very good. Seth Rogen is very likable in oh, it. Great. Sarah Silverman's
1: um, amazing in it.
3: Really good. Michelle Williams, hey, look, we all know she's fantastic. Go watch this yeah.
1: movie. I love uh, when, like there are people like don't like her and it's like no but admit it she's it's like the people that don't like Meryl Streep it's like no no but come on like it. really like you could say like oh I don't know I don't think I like her as a person like come stop on it. nobody's better than them when they're acting stop it yeah.
3: um it's it's a really nice bookend to a movie that is kind of about a woman learning that she might need to be okay being alone mm-hmm. and and so it's it's really it's really affecting and beautiful and sad. But, like, hopeful and shit. And I like that song. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it was... That scene made me feel like Sarah Polly and I were the same age. We might be. I'm, I I might look... Once I'm done talking. I think she's a couple but, years older, but... But, like, I felt like this really, like... This felt like an interesting image with that it was comprised of a lot of different things like like a lot of different things are going on here and it yeah. made me it really was like i get this this is something i relate to yeah so it made it even more emotionally impactful
1: i also love you know it, it didn't i didn't think about it it's not on my list but um i love a mo- i love a scene where the camera is just on somebody's face and yes. they that does it um mm-hmm. there's another movie we covered I, I can't imagine it's on your list birth isn't on your list right no okay but remember the movie birth with no cole kidman which we both love which is is so good um but there is like a scene like that where she's at the opera and she's just listening to music and suddenly like it's like a minute scene of just on her face where where she is realizing things and coming to grips with things and it's just and and that's it reminds me of that michelle williams scene where you're just watching her and (laughs) like you're with her and you you get it and sometimes you don't need words in a movie sometimes you just need the right actor and maybe the right music behind them and you get it yeah good so good yeah no very much um okay so we are number 15 the halfway point um and number 15 is where i cheat okay because i have two moments i couldn't choose between and i felt like i had to use It didn't feel right to include both in separate places, but I felt like, oh, but I can't pick between them. So, as I said, there's going to be some baseball moments on here. And the thing about, okay, I love baseball. I grew up playing softball. I'm a baseball fan, all that. It's not just that. Baseball is a cinematic sport, right? I mean, no sport, like, it's the nature of it where you can have, I think, I don't know, the look of baseball and the the notion of you have a pitcher and one pitch could change everything and so on. Where I feel like it's the most, um, it's like the, the kindest to making a really wonderful movie moment out of. And there's two that I could not pick between because they're both similar moments, but in very <laughs> different moment movies. So the first is like, the base, which is not my favorite not not anywhere near the top of my list, but fuck the end of the natural where Robert Redford breaks his bat and he po- turns mm-hmm. to the chubby little bat boy and says, "Pick me a winner, and he brings over a new bat and Robert Redford hits a home run that hits the fucking scoreboard, and there's sparks flying as Robert Redford triumphantly runs around the bases is like the most like you watch that if you're not a baseball fan, you are a baseball fan in that moment, and the other side to that again which is a very different movie and one of my favorite movies and that's major league which is a comedy is a I very had, different i had movie. a feeling you were gonna it's well it's yeah. the final scene where in this case now it's tom berenger who is and again the 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 i think the question of age comes up again because he's supposed to be this like aging out catcher who's never really made it big and it's down to the final game and he's got, you know, his, the Wesley Snipes is on first base. So, or like, and and again, the the physics of this moment don't really make sense, but he gets up there and the idea is he, you know, he just has to get Wesley Snipes home, but of course there's two outs and so on. And what does he do? He gets up to that plate and he points, he does the Babe Ruth point as if he's going to hit that home run all the way out of there. And, it's like, that's a moment right there. And then what does he do? Well, after he almost gets hit by a pitch, he bunts. And then of course it's all done in slow motion where <laughs> meanwhile, no, everybody's caught off guard. Wesley Snipes is so fast that he's able to get home from first base. I think on this, uh, and Tom Berenger is able to just get safe at first and it's done in slow motion the same way the natural is done in slow motion. And it's just this, both scenes are just beautiful. The beauty of baseball on camera. So that's my number 15s. I forgive you for cheating. Thank you. I appreciate that. No problem, of course. I don't know that you have the power to do that, but it's okay. I'll just no, refrain. I did, though. Okay, good, good, good. Okay.
3: Um, okay, so I have one. Let's hear it. Um, so it is the – it's from the movie Stoker. Um, another movie that if you haven't seen it please everyone see it so good we covered it it's real real good Um, so it is the scene I'll just say it's the strangling scene in Stoker that um, is really really great and there's a really great character reveal uh, of like you Mm. know the true nature of a character I don't want to spoil it too much but um, I think about the darkness of that movie and where the characters are 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 put a lot and like much like kill list stoker did something that i was desperately hoping it would but didn't think it was actually going to and and then it did and and i was really excited by that so it's it's a it's a pretty dark movie and the thing that i think about specifically is just how dark, I can't say, I ne- can never say her last name, but Mia
1: um, <laughs> yeah, was a, was a, was a, was a, was, 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 was one time, a, one
3: time I heard them say her name on NPR, and they were doing an interview with her, and they had gotten almost all the way through the interview, and, <laughs> and that's when I realized who she was, I recognized her last name that little, no idea who they were even talking to, but... <clears throat> it's again it's super dark and that her character takes a really interesting turn and they push that character and it's visceral and beautiful and amazing and just go watch it please choice everyone excellent Hooray!
1: okay number 14 is another movie we've covered and a movie we might have even mentioned in this episode um i'm going with the red shoes segment of the red shoes (sighs) i mean i get why because it's like the greatest ballet sequence ever put to film
3: that's the
1: only part of that movie i remember god the rest of it's so good too (sighs) it's okay i'm a a disappointment i'm just no i'm just sorry that you can't appreciate greatness is all yeah you see i was too
3: busy putting things like
1: bride of chucky on my list like an adult (laughs) (laughs) How is yeah? How does how does my list end up being more mature than yours? Something's wrong. Yeah, right. I have a very childish. <laughs> that's weird. That's very weird. Um, again, the red shoes is it's not for everybody. I get that. I think it's one of the best. It's easily, I think, the best dance movie, the best ballet movie of all time. I think it's one of the best movies about an artist of uh, just about the um, the tragedy of an artist or the tragedy about being a better artist than human being. Um, Because I think the more, almost the more interesting arc in that movie is the ballet director than it is the ballerina. Uh, Mm -hmm. All of that aside, there is a good, I think it's about 15, 20 minutes uh, sequence in the middle of the movie where um, the character dances the titular Red Shoes. And it's this very kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Surreal kind of, you know, there's stuff happening on screen that wouldn't, quite be happening if you were at that ballet but it works and it's gorgeous and it's intense and i love it so much number 14 that's a good one thank you i think so uh, well
3: i mean
2: <laughs> I,
1: it just wasn't maybe for me that's fair that is okay okay uh, so what was your number 14 what was for you
3: i am going to go with um so the funny thing is i've only watched this movie once because it upset me so deeply Ooh, ooh okay <laughs> it made me really upset and it made me cry forever and um it is another earth which i don't know if you've ever seen no
1: i have
2: but not it,
3: it's a brit marling movie and i love i love brit marling and i think that she does incredible work and this is a movie that's literally about another earth <laughs> like another earth shows up like okay. in our again haven't seen it other than one time and are like gravitational pull in our orbit or whatever so there's two earths and i'm terrified of the idea of doppelgangers and of of, you know another me Mm -hmm. so that's exactly what this movie is there's the other earth is populated with other us's there's not like different people and it's not a scary movie (laughs) but i there's a scene in it where one earth calls the other earth and the lady talks to herself Hmm. And I like, I I, like Lost my shit, I started Sobbing, it made me so uncomfortable And upset, and I Haven't been able to bring myself to watch It again, I loved it Thought it was so good, and there's other Stuff going on about like Like fate and choices and What decisions you make and how your life could Be different, and the dude that Played Ethan from Lost is in it Oh, okay, and he's really great And like, she's really great in it, and it's It's a good, it's a good, like like emotional like i don't want to say real movie but it's like a real movie but i was terrified by that by that scene yeah. and like i had to pause the movie and like collect myself for a second and um it's just like a like a really interesting love story that is also super sci-fi and you don't expect it it shows up in weird ways Ooh, nice. and um i recommend it to anybody that hasn't seen it maybe someday i'll be brave enough to watch it again
1: Okay. Um, I've never seen it, and I'd like to, so if you ever wanted to cover it, but I, I'll wait until you're ready to, I
3: guess. I actually have it, and so I oh. haven't watched it, so so yeah, I think I,
1: I, I could do it at this, some is, point. this has been a very handy episode for planning future episodes. I know, I know. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, We are at lucky number 13. What? All right, so um, this movie was on my top 25 It is one of those movies I always go to when I, like, I don't like the term guilty pleasure. I think it's because I, (laughs) I, I'm not guilty about anything. I will tell you every stupid movie I like. Um, It's more a movie that I fully admit, like, look, this movie is flawed in so many ways. But it's also Wonderful in so many ways And that's not even me being subjective There are many wonderful things about this movie None more so than when Alan Rickman says I'm gonna carve your heart out with a spoon And then gets to explain Why a spoon and why not an axe Because it's dull, you twitch, it'll hurt more I am of course talking about Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves Oh I don't think I've ever seen it Uh, I I I mean I just, I love this movie so much There are so many things, things about this movie I love I love, um Alan Rickman just steals the movie. He's brilliant. Um, uh, Maid Marian, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio, her, her character is, gets to be pretty badass in this. Uh, it's so pretty. This was a movie that, like, when I grew up, like, when I watched this growing up, I was like, if I ever get married, I want to have a wedding, like, the end of this movie. Uh, it's. There's so much greatness going on. I, again, my main karaoke jam is everything I do by Brian Adams for this movie (laughs) that I I bring the house down with that. Uh, but realistically my real favorite moment, and it's a moment that is quoted amongst the Intravias all the time. Um, it is one that nobody is ever, anybody who has ever tried to borrow a spoon from me, like say at work where maybe a coworker was like, Oh, Hey, do you have an extra spoon? Um, They're not borrowing that spoon unless I go through this scene and never has anybody, like, does anybody get it? (laughs) When I start saying, why a spoon? Why not an axe? They just, they get very confused and then I have to run through everything or just, like, roll my eyes and hand them a spoon and and complain about how they haven't seen this movie. Uh, Yeah, I love it so much. So that is the moment that is most dear to me about Robin Hood Prince of Thieves.
3: That's very very fun. Do you think I should
1: watch that movie? Yes, I think we should cover that movie. Okay, I will never turn down a chance to watch it. Um, and I think the only problem is I feel like my heart would be broken if you hated every minute of it. Okay, uh, I might. I, I know because it's of not it's not a fantasy, but it is a kind of you know um, medieval time set movie that I know isn't always your thing uh is yes. it is my thing it is your thing okay you know I, you should watch it you should start trying to watch it uh just okay and like you can make a game of it like take a drink every time kevin costner maybe remembers that he's supposed to be british mm-hmm. <laughs> that like, sounds awful because i mean he has the word like that's the thing yeah he's he's a movie star in it. We're like, he's cute and he's He has the charisma, except he's Robin hood. And he doesn't, aside from like one scene, he doesn't try to be British, which is probably a good thing in the end. Uh, But it's such a delight. I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to objectively say whether you will like this movie or not. So I think the only way is for us to cover it. And for you to know It's for us to cover it. I have to see it. Yeah. That's a rule. So you are not allowed to not watch the movies we cover. Okay. if i have to do it i'll do it all right what have you got for your lucky number 13
3: for 13 i am going to go with um scott pilgrim okay interesting choice um i don't know that might have been on my 25 list i really like this
2: movie i have Um, problems with it but i admire
3: it the part that i think about a lot is um I mean, a, a lot of it is really quotable. I, I think that's one of the movie's strengths. It's it's very quotable and fun, and um, but I like the whole scene where the evil ex is Brandon Routh, and it's oh, got yeah. um, Brie Larson is there, and Aubrey Plaza, and it, I think that that part's really really funny but that also has my favorite favorite part which is the vegan please i was wondering um, <laughs> if that was gonna it. it is it's really funny it's the, so funny tom Jane says it's milk and eggs bitch and while i don't don't appreciate liberal use of the word bitch mm-hmm. especially like to demasculinize mm-hmm. a person i think it's very funny in <laughs> this and i will often say that or say something <laughs> like that and i just think it's funny when at the end of their little spiel they high five and run away it's just i think it's i think it's amusing is that think, what is the I line is, the is vegan- it
2: like
1: being i'm a vegan being vegan makes you better than other people
3: other people That's, yep yeah. it just makes you better than other people yeah and he and brandon routh gets powers from his veganism yep, yep. and he he has he thinks gelato is vegan and yes. it's not it's just and chicken parm i think is the other one <laughs> Yes. it's really funny. Now I'm remembering stupid. that whole
1: scene, and it is very funny.
3: And I get like it could probably like as a vegan myself, I could probably be like, <laughs> vegans are stupid and they think they're, but like I don't take it that way. Like no. I just think it's goofy and funny. And yeah, I um, agree. So yeah, I almost had a trifecta of um, uh, Edgar Wright on here. The okay. the first three were I almost had Hot Fuzz as
1: well, but oh, wow. I didn't. Spoiler that's okay <laughs> No, I, I mean it makes sense that That would happen I'm sure, one of the things that Shocked me when I did my list was I never uh, Spoiler alert I never found a way to put A Paul Verhoeven moment on here <gasps> I don't know how really? I just I I, right. I mean I know because I'm like oh total recalls Showgirls and I just yeah, showgirls. You know, I mean Cooper is one of my favorite movies of all time I just add nothing again like It just goes to show you we could have done 50 Maybe we should have <laughs> done 50 Alright but we didn't so number 12 For me um Another movie that is near and dear to my heart I think it's near and dear to your heart as well Uh, And there's so many things in this movie that are great Um, I begged my uh, middle school band director for years For us to be able to play tequila Uh, He never said yes, so we never got to play it Uh, And as much as I love the bar scene of Phoebe's Big Adventure The scene that I think I like most often draw upon in life And this kind of goes back to Everybody has to eat shaving cream once in a while it is the scene where Peewee is is um, on the run, and he stops because the pet store is on fire. Yep. And he, you know, immediately runs into the pet store and starts saving the, the puppy. Or the first thing he does is, very smart, he releases the monkey who can then help him save yep. the other animals. What kind of pet store has a monkey in it? It's kind of odd. But anyway. Uh, so, you know, and when he runs into the pet store, the first thing he sees when he runs in is the snake tank. And he looks at the snake tack And you see him like Oh no he's afraid of snakes He doesn't want to do it So he's going to deal With the cats first Then he's going to deal With the birds And the whole sequence He just keeps running Back and forth And looking at the snakes And it's like I pull upon this So much in life At work Or even like When I have stuff To do at home of the whole like, okay, I got to – I'm trying to think of like any task I would ever do at home. It's like, oh, I got to clean the bathroom. I never clean the bathroom. Um, but let's say clean the bathroom. No, let me vacuum first. Oh, let me um, sit here and play words with friends first. And I would just keep walking by the bathroom and looking at it. Or at work where there's some some job I don't want to do. And so I just keep getting everything else on the list done. And I keep thinking about that other thing I have to do or walking by where I have to go talk to someone about it. And every time I just – I am peewee in that moment walking by that <laughs> snake tank. And I like snakes. That's not the problem. But walking by that snake tank and thinking, Ugh, at some point I have to do it, but I really don't want to do it. And, yep. and eventually he saves the snakes, you know, because he does it. He's peewee. He's a, he's a good person in the end. Um, he is. But I, I just don't know what it is about that moment, but I always find myself mentally comparing a situation to that. Uh and I think that's just one of those like it's cuz I grew up watching that movie every day. So this is how I translate a difficult situation I don't want to deal with. That is very funny. Thank you. I like it. It's very true. It's just how It's a I good live. one. Thanks. It's a good one. All right, what do you have
3: for number 12? Okay, so um I just got confused because it's listed as fourteen on my list because, oh. like I said, I'm just going all around. Um, but it's not; it's twelve apparently. So this is <laughs> the first appearance of Brian De Palma on this list. Oh. Um, and this is for Body Double. Mm, good. Pick. Um, one of my Body Double has a million things in it that are notable or interesting or weird. But, um, oh, man, as I'm talking about it, I'm second guessing again. <laughs> Um, but so it, it, I guess it's tied I really like at the beginning and the opening where it's like a fake out and it's like a, a movie within the yeah. movie I like that a lot but that's not what I'm gonna talk about uh, there's a scene um, I guess towards the middle it's they're in a mall and um, the main dude is stalking this lady who he thinks he's seen actually i guess it's more towards the beginning because she's still alive but he's he's kind of stalking this lady that he thinks he's seen through um through the telescope Mm -hmm. in the other building through the mall and it's this really big fat shot like of her, of this mall and them like running through it. And it's very Hitchcock. It's, um, and I'll talk about something similar later. Um, it's very like pulled back from, from up top, looking down on them in this big oh, sprawl. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure there's not any, there's like no cuts for a while. It's one of those long ones and it's just, it's mesmerizing. Yep. You get hypnotized by them just walking and and it it's this game of cat and mouse, but like she's not even really aware <laughs> that it is happening. It's just really interesting, and um, I see a lot of like, I guess it's of that time period, like the the architecture of the of the mall that they're in. I see a lot of buildings like that around here, and I I find myself thinking about it a lot. Like like oh, this looks like the mall and body double. <laughs> oh, this looks like where the camera was, and it's just funny and. I I like it a lot It's just so So interesting Yeah and, and cool And cool And that movie's got a lot of weird Interesting shit in it but um I don't know there's something real clean about it. I think she's wearing white and the mall is really white. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, she's yeah, she's
1: looking good in white. Yeah. It's really pretty. I don't know. Um so that's that's that one. That's my body double. Nice. One. Nice. Yeah, I I've, I've only seen it once and it was the one time we covered it. But I yeah. remember that scene. I do. Like I can picture it as you're describing it. I'm like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, the, the white like suit outfit kind of." Yeah. It's really cool. It's it's fun. So that's a fun one to revisit.
3: Um, yep. part, part, parts of it don't age real well. <laughs> Well, but, again, you know, but yeah, there you go. What's what is this? Eleven now? I'm trying. We're to are at uh, that was
1: number twelve, so now we're at number eleven.
2: Yeah, all right. Uh,
1: my number eleven is oddly enough. I didn't realize this was so close to the other one. It's another baseball movie, which is expected. It's another Kevin Costner movie. Oddly enough, just interesting. Um, who knew? uh And look, I-, I love Field of Dreams. I do. It is. Glorious! It is to me. It is the movie. Again, we talk about ba- talking about baseball, but it's also like I think it's the closest a movie comes to being a poem in some ways. There's something about it that's just look. We know some of this dialogue's a little silly. The situation is kind of ridiculous. But you go with it because there's something about the energy of it that just takes you through. Uh, And there is I debated because I'm like, there's two moments in this movie. And one is just the entire Burt Lancaster sequence and even leading up to the introduction of his character when, Mm -hmm. you know, before you've even met him, you know him because there's another character like talking about him and how he would buy his wife hats every week and all this and it's just this like oh my god this (gasps) man was so wonderful so upsetting yeah like you you're you've cried before you've met this man and then you meet this man and he's everything that you've made of him and it's beautiful but you know and and i and that's whenever i think about like what's a what's a movie scene that makes you cry without anything it's that scene but um the other scene and it's just one line again but i think the scene that or the moment that like really gets me uh Is towards the end of the movie. And not, I mean, spoiling kind of, but it's it's an older movie and it's less about the plot than about, you know, the kind of experience of it. But um, Kevin Costner is, you know, trying to build this thing and he's still waiting for his, you know, what he gets out of it. Uh, And then he gets to say, Dad, do you want to have a catch? And as somebody who, you know, again, grew up playing baseball, my dad was my coach of my softball team, there is just like, I, for me like having a catch with your dad is is a thing um and i think the movie like builds to that moment and for all of this kind of grand fantasy of that movie i think that's what makes this movie so powerful to so many people is this relationship of parents and kids and sharing this love of something like you know in this case it's baseball it could be other things obviously um but every time i just like hear his voice crack when he says dad do you want to have a catch and i'm like yes i always want to have a catch um, so yeah that's that's my moment
3: oh that's that's really that's adorable and sweet yeah. um if i had seen the i always threaten to watch field of dreams <laughs> uh, i haven't seen it I, I don't think as an adult but like um james earl jones is, oh, is he's so good is my, Kryptonite in that movie. Yeah. Um, every time he's around, I get upset Ugh. in that movie. And so, yeah, I get it. It's it's a good one, and yeah. I I reference it a lot.
1: Oh yeah, and me too. It has it had a big effect on me, so I get it. Okay, I, I'm glad to hear that because it's not it's a movie that I, I I'm almost surprised by you saying that because I think if you'd watched it today with no maybe context because I mean a you're you're not a baseball person but also. I don't know. There's something that I think you you have to buy into that movie, and if you don't, then you walk away probably being probably rolling your eyes at it. No,
3: nah, man, it's real. It's real sweet. I really yeah. like um his wife in oh, that movie. Oh, she's so good in that. Yeah, I like how. Oh my God! What what is it when when he when he finally gets James Earl Jones to go to the baseball <sighs> game with him? Yep,
2: yep. And
3: he he saw it too. Yeah, and like yeah. he like drops him off, and like the headlights are all of a sudden all on James Earl yep, Jones. And, yep, yep. And like, oh my God! It's like I get tingles thinking yeah. about it. It's it's a really beautiful movie. It is,
1: yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah, good one. Thank you. Yay! What's your number eleven?
3: Okay, so again, I haven't had enough horror movies on this. That's okay. <laughs> um so phantasm
1: Ooh, that's one but i have not seen for me, in a
3: long time um it's, uh, it's so good and weird um so for for me there's there, again a lot to pull from for for this but um it is a very it's a very visual thing for me it is um a moment in the movie um when you're just you've kind of just been introduced to the tall man and you know there's something not quite right and um he's walking through like the little downtown area and he's just walking it's daylight and he clearly doesn't belong there and like it's really slow moey, and he's walking these huge like almost like spider-like steps and he walks by the ice cream uh truck and like all this like um foggy haze comes oh. out of the back of it you know all this frost and he walks through this like white cloud and it's so like needlessly spooky and over the top and you're like what the
1: fuck movie is this who is this guy what is going on nice. <laughs> i think about it all the time i
2: need like to watch talk...
1: that i own it i think about... it
3: should talk about like visual storytelling like yeah this like and it, it really is, like, a lot of that movie is such from, such from the perspective of a kid, you know? Um, and for, for the most part, I mean, our protagonist is a kid. Um, and that, to me, feels really like how a kid would see something.
1: Yeah, definitely.
3: It feels really, like, dreamy and and slow and cool. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a great visual, and it stuck with me. Cool. cool. I need to
1: revisit it. It's been a long time. should. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cool. Uh, Back to Now I draw upon a movie That you have already referenced And that's okay because I have a different moment So again the same thing happened to us When we did our other list We both had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre on our list of top 25 Because it is um, I mean again as much as it is Not my favorite horror movie of all time I think it might be fair to say It is the best horror movie of all time I'm going to say that Uh, And for so many reasons But the moment that I always go back to The moment that um, I remember being, when I was about, I watched this as about 10 years old, and I had, at this point, like, seen all the movies that people said were scary. I'd seen The Exorcist. That was nothing. Come on. Bring it on. And so I rented the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and watched it when the lights were on. I remember it was, like, 3 p.m. on a Saturday <laughs> watching it up. And I will never be as shaken as when you first meet Leatherface and he just comes out of nowhere and he hits the the guy with the hammer and he slams that door and you you just sit there saying what was that and the it's still sunny yeah. out why did that happen it's still sunny it's out so how did charring. that I don't understand yep. and then of course the the body is shaking and that's always why like again who knows why that affects certain things that are are so visceral right like people who have that universal thing where Almost everybody can't handle seeing Somebody's ankle get sliced Yeah, Why? Like what's the difference between my hand Or my ankle? I don't know but for some reason Everybody gets unsettled in the ankle To me it's similar with the When I guess it's You've knocked out a part of the brain But the shake when somebody has the shakes And when that character is just there Just you know kicking his foot And he's shaking uh. Mm-hmm. From this thing that we don't know what it is, but we just know the door is slammed on us, and oh my god, what's happening? It's still to me the scariest movie moment of all time for me. I think. Actually, that's not true. There's one ahead of it, but that's for very personal reasons. So, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That movie's so good. It's so good.
3: Yeah, so good. So good. Oh boy. <sighs> okay. All right. Let me see. Where are we? Over okay. Ten. So I'm gonna go a little cliche on this one. That's okay. Um, it is our first appearance of Hitchcock on our on this list. Um, I'm gonna go with *Strangers on a Train*, which is one of my favorite and one that I have never seen. It's r- really great. I reference it constantly. It's it's so good. It's the, a really timeless story filled with really great tropes that I guess could maybe be considered old and rote by now, but like really really cool and interesting in this movie but my favorite scene in this movie is um there is a strangling scene <laughs> i think that is is stoker is very much mm-hmm. inspired by there's a strangling scene and you don't actually see anything you just see it reflected in a pair of glasses that are on the ground Ooh. and it is amazing and it's uh, people point to it all the time is like a really great way to like kind of circumvent showing something really gruesome and right, intense nice. but like it just is so amazing looking it's still like it still comes across as like a feat of filmmaking even though we have digital effects and tricks and things we can do now to make it a lot easier but you just see it and you go that's amazing looking
2: I really I love
3: to
1: it. see it yeah, it's, it's yeah, so fun. list of shame. Just never watched it. I will have to. It's a good one. I trust you. I do. Thank you. All right. So um, you trust me, I know, which is why uh, if you have not seen this movie, you are going to stop everything once we finish recording and you are going to seek it out. And of course, I am speaking about um, another musical, if you will. It's a different kind of musical, but it is a musical and... Can't say anything less than that. Uh I So you know Mario Von Peebles is a talented guy. He's gone on to be become a very good director, um, very handsome man, good good decent actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know what his best skill is? What? rapping Christine. It's rappin'. Oh yeah. Uh have you seen rappin'? Have I ever made Should've. you watch rappin'? I think you did maybe. Okay. Or I've seen parts of it or videos or something. I mean, for those who don't know, rappin' is basically breakin' with rappin' instead of breakin'. Uh, it is a yep. you know, a you know, uh, Mario von Peebles gets out of prison, but he's a really good guy and he comes back to his hometown, uh, which is being taken over by evil white developers, because of course that's what happens in every one of these movies. So he's like saving the rec center, it's saving this little development. Uh, And there is rapping throughout the movie, including by a young Eric LaSalle playing the character named Ice, Mm -hmm. Uh, and Ice T also makes an appearance at one point. And um, uh, it's—I mean—it's glorious. There's so many great, terrible rap songs throughout. Because Mario Von People's is doesn't—I don't know exactly know what his history of rap is, but when he raps, it sounds so unnatural. But bless his heart, he does it anyway. (laughs) But the big finale of this movie, as if you haven't had enough rapping in the movie, the finale is a big town hall meeting where the town has bounded together to come protest development. And, of course, all the evil, white, um, rich people on this board are banging their gavel and saying, you know, we're not going to hear you. And then Mario Van Peebles leads the entire group in a we can't stop, won't stop, rocking that mountain till we reach the top. No, can't stop won't stop and this goes on. So it's like a five minute finals finale where of course the developers realize the error of their way and they decide they are not going to to bulldoze anything and they Mm -hmm. are gonna turn the heat on and whatever and everybody's happy. But it gets even better because then the end credits, they just continue the song into the end credits and every every main character like comes out to wrap their sort of credit. So, like, they it's, they all keep rapping, and it's, like, and even, like, the, the evil white villain who was, like, the the kind of bully, it kind of, I guess, because they decided, like, we're not going to have him rap. We're going to have him do, like, a country rap. So he comes out and raps in, like, a sort of country style. Uh, it's grand there's like an old lady who's an extra who comes out and gets to rap and it's it's just a glorious like 10 minute scene of rapping by people who don't know how to rap in this super innocent feel-good movie that you need to see if you haven't already Uh oh Oh, geez of all the movies i've talked about today that's the one i want to stop everything and rewatch right now wow okay it's glorious it is so glorious There's a song called snack attack where a character Because he's fat so he eats snacks and he can't stop Snacking so he sings about he's heaven A snack attack now that's Funny yes but can't stop One stop is even better
2: Oh my
1: Yeah It's a thing of glory a thing of glory Christine (laughs) What is is your number nine It is not going to top mine I guarantee it What do you got okay well I'm Going with um,
3: A good movie (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I did not like the implication of that. <laughs> no, there's not no nothing implied there. So I just rewatched this movie and I told you how well it held up and how I actually cried at the end at a part that never affected me emotionally. But I did not pick that part. No, I picked the the stalwart, the test of the one that stood the test of time. Um, so I'm talking about the witches. And, nice. Um, oh, it's so the grand high witch reveal during <gasps> the meeting when That's she takes yeah. off.
1: Yep. Oh, witches yep. of England,
3: you're it disgraced. So
1: good. Oh, good, good, good pick. That's
2: good.
3: <laughs> I I think it's great. It's it's one of the best reveals ever because Angelica Houston is like in top Angelica Houston form yep. oh, in yeah. my opinion at this point. And you go like, what? Yes. And it's also, it also was really funny to me as a kid because I knew what Angelica Houston looked like. It was funny to me that she took off a mask. <laughs> on because yeah. she didn't take off. She was being her, and then she had she put took the mask off, but it was actually putting on a mask. I remember like really thinking about that and going like, "Huh, wow.
1: interesting how they did." That. <laughs> I like where your mind was so into like the ness of it all as a child. Very impressive. <laughs> was, like, really interesting what they're doing here. But yeah, um,
3: I, I love it. I still I think that's the best. I think that makeup is great. Oh, it's so good. It's it's really creepy. It's like. It's a kid's movie, but it's so off Because yeah, you also you gross. care
1: about that kid, so you're pretty scared for yeah. him. And oh, oh that yeah. scene is so good.
3: Really great. So yeah. yeah, I I think I think about that. That's one I think about a lot. Like in a very cinematic way. Like mm. all those women
1: it's just really Yeah, cool. take off your shoes. Take off <laughs> your wigs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good pick. Good good pick. It's not as good as rappin', but it's still pretty good. No, nothing is. All right, number eight for me. So this was bound to make a appearance, obviously. Um, You've already picked a movie from the franchise. I'm going to go back to the original and say, um, so the original Child's Play, which was the other scariest movie for me as a child. Um, And the moment for me that, again, I've talked about this. I saw this movie when I was six and had a fear of dolls. This movie gave me nightmares for a year. But there's one moment that I think still works. And it's just the moment that this becomes a real horror movie. And so at this point, uh, Catherine O'Hara, Catherine O'Hara, Catherine, I know I'm imagining child's play with Catherine O'Hara in in, in the mother role. I can't think of her name. But so she, she comes home, like she's kind of just sad because her kid now has been taken away. They think he's crazy. Her friend's dead, blah, blah. And, she sits down and she picks up the the box that Chucky came in And realizes the batteries fall out of it And wait a minute Why doesn't this doll have batteries in him? Because she kind of picks him up and she says Okay, you know, d- 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 talk to me, talk to me And she thinks she's going crazy And then she realizes, wait a minute, wait a minute I never put batteries in this doll So she picks him up Uh, You know, she starts shaking him And then he... There's a moment where he kind of comes, he doesn't come to life, but like his head spins around and it's, hi, I'm Chucky, you want to play? And she freaks out and she drops him and he scurries down and it's like, wait a minute, oh my God, what is that, what is that? And she she gets him, she picks him up again and then she's like, no, 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 you're going to, like, I'm I'm not messing around. And she says, talk to me, talk to me, you son of a bitch or I'm going to throw you into the fire. And then Chucky comes to life. Chucky goes from doll to creation of puppetry and she comes to life, and his line is, You stupid bitch, you dirty slut! I'll teach you how to mess with me! And it is terrifying! And he yep. bites her, and little six-year-old Emily was not getting to sleep for a very long time because of that. That is very scary, yes. 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 So, that's my number eight. That's a good one. Yeah, I mean, there could have been so many moments in Child's Play, and Child's Play, or Bride of Chucky, or Seed of Chucky, that could have gone with. Um, but I think that is the one that most... Um, as much as the line that we would typically Quote the most was when He's in the elevator and the old lady says Ugly doll and Chucky says fuck you We used to yeah. joke around that with the house uh, But <laughs> no the, the moment really For me is is when he comes to life And it's horrifying so yeah that is My number eight That's a good one What is yours? Oh boy okay I am gonna Go
3: with Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna go with this one. Um, Okay, I am gonna do one of my one of my last minute swaps that I didn't think I was gonna do. Ooh, exciting! Exciting. So I'm bringing in somebody off the bench. (gasps) Oh, um, okay, okay. Somebody else out. I'm bringing in Beetlejuice. (gasps) nice. (laughs) I I was just looking at the list and I went, no, this is this this is a thing. So um, again, a lot of Beetlejuice. I found to be very impactful and Mm -hmm. stuck with me and and all that stuff um but um i think that the moment that i would have to pick is um when they go out into the hall and they are trying to make the scary faces (laughs) and and, you know Gina davis has like the big mouth and the yep. tongue and the eyes on it alec baldwin's like
1: pulls a stretchy face birdish point. face yeah
3: i don't know man that is there something about that that's real unsettling still that imagery is still unsettling to me
1: yeah and I, that, movie's, yeah. that movie's that movie's really good it is i i had it on a couple of weeks ago it's on cable a lot and i had it on the background <laughs> and it was i had that same like realization of like god damn i mean i know like i, I mean tim burton has was on my list already like Tim Burton has become Such a kind of I'm just frustrated with him doing the same thing over and over again Now but man he was Such an artist when He yep. was younger and Making movies that are So different and dangerous But still funny and weird And Beetlejuice is so good And uh, mm-hmm. Yeah I, I I didn't pull anything from it For this but I probably could could easily If I had to uh, Good Good choice Good choice It's no rapping, but it's still a good choice. Thank you. All right. Lucky number seven. nothing is. Lucky number seven. Um, I think this is my last baseball pick on my list. Uh, And it is on here. Okay. I think this might be, for me, um, this might be the funniest scene for me of anything that always makes me laugh and has also kind of, like, ruined some things for me. And this comes via the first naked gun. And again, I could just be like the last half hour of naked gun, but that's cheating because there's so much wonderful things that happen in that whole last hour or last half hour. But for me, it is when, um, you know, they're showing, they're at the baseball game, they're at the angels game where Reggie Jackson is going to kill the queen. But as much as that's great, as much as Enrico Palazzo is great, the scene that just always makes me <laughs> happy is when, before the game, they're showing baseball bloopers, and the bloopers are ridiculous and stupid and amazing, and they get progressively crazier, where at one point... um You know the blue. They start off normal, where you know a guy misses a ball or two guys run into each other, and then it turns into a car hitting a guy around the bases, or a tiger mauling a base runner, or Mm -hmm. my favorite when the outfielder runs to catch a ball in the outfield over the over the um home run fence, and instead the ball just decapitates him. It just it's. I've never watched a blooper reel and not said, God damn it. I wish it could be a naked gun level of bloopers. It's never come close. Uh, because I just love this sequence so much. (laughs) That's funny. I am a simple woman in many ways.
3: I'm, I'm a fan as
1: well. Yeah. You'd have to be.
3: Of course. I mean, I, I did grow up in a time. You are
1: a human being. Yeah.
3: I am a person.
1: All right. So what do you have for number seven?
3: This is number seven okay we're getting down to the end where it seems like it might matter i know what order i put these in. i know i might be okay, so shuffling. i am it, this is not gonna come as that much of a surprise because i just talked about it maybe on the last show but um bramster who's dracula yep good good pick shocking how much it stuck with me mm-hmm. and, and probably informed my young adult sensibilities um i, I have bramster dracula tattoo it's like Weird, and I don't know, it's a weird relationship with it. But if I had to pick a scene, I would definitely pick um, Lucy all dressed in red, um, the Dracula werewolf thing out in the garden. Oh,
1: God, yes. That
3: storm, and like. I don't know. It feels like an '80s music video, like it's wind whipping yeah. around and
1: curtains and flowy fabric. Like a perfume and, commercial. It's just so pretty and strange. Yeah, and but, sexy. It's so sexy.
3: It's. I think it's the juxtaposition between how like attractive and and beautiful it is, but like you know, obviously something very like ugly and, right. and not great is happening. And dangerous. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's why that one stuck with me. It's just really it's it was a really interesting, compelling visual. Yeah. You know, I think I told you my mom wouldn't let me watch it for a long time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, yeah, I, I, out of all of them in that movie, I think I would pick that. And I mean, if I had to pick what is the, the most stirring image or what's the image I go to most when I think of that movie? It's that one. It is. It's it is it's the red dress and the wolf <laughs> on top of her. Is she consenting? I don't know, but it, you know, they're on like a what are they on like a gravestone or like a, a yeah, big yeah. It's like it it is. It's a hot scene. I'm with you, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so I mean in a way this makes sense as a follow-up. My number 6 is to me like if that's like the best cinematic representation of dangerous sex, Um, My number six is to me the best cinematic representation of love and I of course would my the movie for me that tells the best love story uh, again without words with very few words but with beautiful visuals and everything else um, another movie we've covered on the show another movie that was in my top 25 Pixar's WALL-E
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: Um again, there's individual moments I can pull from this movie that I love, like when he's trying when he's showing her uh his his little apartment and he's showing her all these wonderful things that he loves and all this and all that. Um and even before that when you realize how lonely he is when he's trying to hold his own hand, which always makes me sad. But oh. but but when there's a moment when he has um you know when Eve uh reciprocates. Wally has fallen in love with her from the beginning and then um, what is it when he I think he's he saved the green plant and she realizes this and she's so happy that she ends up just hugging him and they have a space dance they go out in space mm-hmm. and, she, and like they're just you know moving around and then like she basically kisses him however a iPod robot can kiss another robot and he just starts like floating And it's just, again, without any words Other than Wally and Eva This movie has told a love story And presented this moment of When you're in love And you have that first kiss Or you have that first moment And when you realize she loves me too And he loves me too And this movie does it with, you know Animated, computer animated robots And I just, every time I see it It just touches me so deeply
3: And you Yes, I I get that and I understand it and I almost couldn't watch this movie. I
1: remember, I know this is <laughs> a very hard one for you cuz it's so ri- it's so rich and it, it is it is hard to watch this and not be so invested in the fate of these characters that are not real and like mm-hmm. not real in every way aside from other oh, movie characters. Well, yeah, but and they're animated. Well, yeah. Oh, and they're robots. Okay, fine, they're but robots. they're still in love. And they're still good creatures. Yeah,
3: I have a lot of problems with robots and AI. I get immediately
1: upset. Yeah, I understand.
3: It's my it's my weak one of my many weaknesses. <laughs>
1: that was a good <laughs> one. <in> theory, right? <sighs> okay.
3: All right. What number is this? You are at number six. Okay. I am gonna for number six. I am going to go with. Okay. So um I would say post Django I have had a really big problem with Quentin Tarantino. Fair. Like big problem and it only has gotten bigger. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Hateful Eight, I have no desire I to. Either, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if something happened and I think even on the 25 list I said that this is one of my favorite movies of all time. I think it still is. I'm actually afraid to watch it because I'm afraid I'll hate it, and mm.
1: I have such fond memories of *Inglorious Bastards*. I, I I do too. I loved. I, it's been a few years, but I I remember thinking I haven't enjoyed a movie this much in a really long time. Yep. Um, I there's so much about it I love. It is one
3: for me. It is a movie that if I start watching. I can't stop because I keep doing that thing like no no I like this part coming up. <laughs> oh no, no I like th- no this part coming up. Oh no this part coming up. So it was tough for me to pick because there are two there are actually three standout parts in this. Um, I'm not going to pick um, when um Shoshana's getting ready and they're playing David Bowie. Okay. Although I did just say it, so it's kinda like I picked it.
2: <laughs> but I <laughs> well, will so you're a second pick, up, I guess. Um,
3: Yes, I will pick um, when Shoshana is being projected on the screen and she and it's her on the screen all big and then wow. the pile of film and she says burn it down, Marcel and yeah. She they fucking lights that place on fire, man. I Oh, I think that constantly. I just think burn it down all the time. <laughs> i i love it so much there's just such a finality and such a badassness true to that to that scene that is just like she don't give a fuck mm-hmm. like i i love it i love it it's just terrifying and you know in that scene obviously goes on it catches fire and there's smoke everywhere and you end up she ends up being projected onto the smoke because the screen burns up and yeah. it's just really lovely yeah uh, big fan
1: Nope, yep, that's that's a good pick. I'm because I'm thinking of that movie too, and I'm like, ooh, what? Like, I feel like my scene probably would have been um, when uh, she has she's at the restaurant with uh, Landa <gasps> Love it. And like, it's so because you know, and you know he knows, and you know she knows, but he's yep. playing with her, and your heart is in your throat the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like yours better because it's more triumphant. So good, good pick. Oh, thank you Very good. Okay, we are at the top five, Christine. The top five. Oh, man, uh, my number five. I I don't think this one's going to come on your list, but I know this is a movie that you are really fond of. Um, and it's I love this movie, but I've realized again this comes back to like a line that I say to myself all the time, and it's become like more powerful lately for different reasons at work. Um, and I'm talking about, and I'll I'll be my jaw will drop if it's on your list uh don't tell mom the babysitter's dead it is not on my uh, list but it is it is
3: fantastic
1: and yeah. i love it so uh, yes yeah i mean we we both love it there's a lot of great moments in there dishes are done man i quote that after i do dishes all the time <laughs> but the moment that i always pull from uh and i like really like want to like get if i were to get any if i would ever get a tattoo i don't have tattoos i'm not like a tattoo person but i think my tattoo would be i'm right on top of that rose
3: Ah, i love it so much yeah i say it to
1: myself at work all the time whenever like i'm kind of caught off guard or whenever i'm like if somebody like asks something of like oh yeah you have that right like "Uh uh-huh i'm right on top of that rose okay i'm (laughs) I'm gonna get it done like you don't know that i you don't know what like you don't know what i know which is not nothing which is nothing like i'm not there yet or something um (laughs) but it's like just this mantra i say to myself so often now of like I can do this, uh huh. Just fake it till you make it. We got this. So yeah, yep. I'm right on top of that rose.
3: Oh, I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah.
1: oh All right.
3: What's your? No, I wish, I, now I, wish okay. I had. No, I wish I had. No, I mean one okay. of us did, so it's fine. Okay, that oh, is true. Okay. Yeah. All right. So this is like the top five. Top five. Ooh,
2: goodness
3: okay. <laughs> I am doing, which I I don't know. This movie was probably on my top twenty five too. Um. I love this movie, I saw this movie in the theater um, This movie changed my life And I think it changed movies forever um, And that is Blair Witch Nice, uh, oh it did Blair change Witch, movies
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that Blair
3: Witch Project is um, I get it, like people There was fallout, people gets tired of it mm-hmm. It ushered in uh, Maybe a lot of movies that sucked Yeah, in, well, movies that great, didn't but it,
1: it, That it took changed. the idea but didn't understand Why the idea worked so well Yeah, it. But whatever.
3: This 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 movie's intense and upsetting, and still, again, know exactly what happens. Know it beat by beat. It still makes me upset, unsettled, tense to watch it. Um, um, the scene that I picked, the thing that I think of when I think of this movie is um, at the very end when they're running through the house. Um, it's I guess maybe it's a bridge of, of things I think of. It's um. When they're running through the house and they and you see the little um, hand the handprints on the wall, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. that segues nicely into um, uh, Mike in the basement in the corner. Yep, and then that's it. That's the end yeah, that's of the it. movie.
1: Movie
3: ends. Um, Camera it, falls.
1: I, Presumably I get like, Heather gets knocked out. We don't know. Exactly.
3: I know people don't like that. They, you know it, what happened? It's open ended. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Well, I a piss. Yeah. I get, who was that? But that's exactly how I wanted it to end. Yeah. Again, things don't always do what I want them to do. And when they do, I'm like, yes, 100% yeah. in. And that that ended exactly the way yeah. I thought it should. Well,
1: And what it did that a lot of other found footage movies didn't, I think, fully understand is it, it ended because the camera people died or got knocked out, essentially.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so... You know the, the camera runs until the moment when it stops And the issue I think there's three issues that come with found footage Post Blair Witch One was that um, the whole like Why are they still filming drop the camera Which yeah, yeah like you, you have to justify it And I've seen some movies do Really clever things to justify it um, Blair Witch it, it's again It's the first time you're really seeing it So it makes sense and they, and they have a scene where they where she's like, this is why I have to do this. Okay, fine. You explained it. Right. Um, the whole uh, sometimes breaking the rules where then if, you know, oh, a character should be dead now, but why am I still seeing his story? Well, no, I shouldn't if the character's gone. So it's like that. And then the other part is the, I, it's hard to watch. I can't see anything. Yep. It's shaking. If you you can do that the right way, you could do that the wrong way. Um, if Blair Witch had been made 10 movies after the Blair witch have been made. Some might say it was done wrong. It is too shaky. It is hard to see, but it comes out first and it's makes sense with the characters and you are seeing it exactly how you should be seeing it Mm -hmm. because you are in their points of view and it makes perfect sense. And it's really effective. And I mean, I remember I saw it opening night too, and my theater erupted and it was an awesome experience. Yay. Thanks for believing in me. I, I, of course I believe in you uh Christine through dangers untold and hardships unnumbered <gasps> i believe in you because my number 4 is labyrinth and like you i also weighed what is the moment in labyrinth that i put on yep. here is it you know <laughs> because i had um i had this on cassette tape and i used to like fantasize about figure skating routines done to all the music in here is it one of those is it um is it the chilly down song is it within you which again i found talk about moments of like something sexy is going on. I don't understand why that is. That was an early one for me. Um, But I'm just, I'm going to go with the scene that um, I've probably sang the most and referenced the most and had played at my wedding. And of course that is dance magic dance. It is David Bowie singing with, Goblins and throwing babies in the air Throwing babies, throwing babies, in throw the them air. babies. Um, I don't know if you did this I know we did this The lyric is supposed to be Snap that baby, make him free We all sang snap that baby, make him pee Oh, we would sing um, slap that baby Oh, nice <laughs> I think <laughs> it's <laughs> slap hard. that baby, isn't it? I don't know <laughs> I don't know we- we just I, really like slapping the baby. Either way, David Bowie is tossing an infant in the air, tossing and I am loving that it. that
3: baby. Yes.
1: It is a moment of pure joy, and it's a great song, and it is catchy, uh, and it's my number four. What is your number four? That
3: was a – you picked a good one. You know, it's so weird. I don't even think of that when I think yeah. of Labyrinth. Interesting. <laughs> that is interesting. So strange. Yeah. So strange. Okay, so we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. I know. Okay. So, um, second Brian De Palma. Okay, okay. Um, again, one of my favorite movies of all time. I could have easily gone with something else. Instead, I am going to go with the closing credits of Phantom of the Paradise. Ooh. Um, Okay.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. So
3: my favorite song, my favorite Paul Williams song ever, and I'm taking Muppet songs into account here, wow. everyone. I know. Bold wow. statements. Bucks are blown, too. Um, my favorite Paul Williams song is um, The Hell With It, and it's the best, most cynical, but fun, upbeat song <laughs> ever. And it plays over the credits, and the credits are really, like, right and chipper and it's like a it's like a, a an a actor breakdown where yep. you like see them with their names and it's <laughs> it's so weird i love it it's like it's like it's a like i'm just putting a putting a button on the this this fucking weird movie i just showed you here it's gonna end yep. weird too and i i love that soundtrack i love that song it's my go-to song when I'm, like, kind of pissed off, because it's really fun, but it's also mean. So if you if you YouTube it, there's a, there's a performance of Paul Williams, um, and he, it's, like, for some, like, Halloween thing, I think, and he's, like, wearing a cape and a top hat, and everybody behind him is all dressed up. It's really weird <laughs> and awesome. I love it. So, um, I love Phantom of the Paradise. There's many perfect, wonderful things in it. It's got maybe my favorite Brian De Palma split screen, but... The
1: credits are the best. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, good pick. Very good pick. All right. Number three. So here's where I get like, uh-oh, because I'm pretty sure this would still appear in your list. So I'm Oh no. Um but I don't know what moment you picked. Okay. Um, so I'm wondering if I should save this for a number, a different number. Do it, do it. Do it, save it or do it say no, it. No, do it, say it, say okay, it, say okay. it. Okay. So um my number three is Muppet State Manhattan. <laughs> it's totally <laughs> your number one, right? I, it's whenever I want to say it. it can, okay, it... okay. Um, <laughs> so this was – so I, again, this uh, ended up on both of our top 25 lists. No no surprise about that. And, like, what was so funny with this one, like, I when doing this list, I immediately I'm like, okay, well, something from Muppet State Manhattan. Oh, probably, like, the Central Park scene. No, wait a minute. Like, there's the Joan Rivers scene. Wait a minute. No, there is – um. I I walked down the aisle at my wedding to he makes me happy. That should be the Ah! moment. And yet still that wasn't it. So I I, like still had it narrowed down and there's two. And so the the one is the, again, like that I always kind of Pull up when I just want to center myself at work, which is Ocean Breeze soap will get you. Ocean Breeze soap yeah, will get you clean. Ocean Breeze we'll get will you get you clean. you clean. You mean just say what the product does? Nobody's ever tried that before. Because <laughs> <laughs> again, it's brilliant. It's just whenever I'm like overcomplicating things, I kind of say to myself like Ocean Breeze soap will get you clean. But um, I'm going to go instead with uh, another moment that I love so much because the beauty of Muppet Take Manhattan is that Muppet Take Manhattan is Kermit's movie. Yes. You know, whereas the earlier Muppet movies are really about the whole ensemble, and that's great. Muppet Take Manhattan is about Kermit keeping this group together or being the leader and all of that. And, um, you know, things are going pretty rough for Kermit, and all of his friends have left because, you know, they know that he can't take care of them. And he's standing there. Um, I can't remember if it's the Empire State Building or just kind of meant to feel as though it's the Empire State Building. And he starts talking to himself about, like, New York and just how hard things are. You hear that, New York? The frog, the frog is, is staying. staying. Is He's that staying? yours? That's mine.
3: Fuck you. Is that yours? Yep. Ah, I love you!
1: <laughs> I I legit thought you were going to go with Ocean Freeze. Ah, oh, I. you know, I, it felt like I should. And then I'm like, but what's, you know, but deep down, what is the heart of that movie? And the heart of that movie is, you hear that, New York? The frog is staying. He's staying. Uh,
3: I think that so often, and when I when I lived there, sometimes I felt like it like it was trying to beat me. Right. And I and I often felt that way. Yeah. And
1: that was I don't know. It's it's a real serious. Yeah.
3: I mean,
0: think about this. This is a
1: movie made for children. This is a a movie about i'm using the p word you know i'm gonna call them pupp- It's a movie about puppets singing and dancing it's a comedy aimed at kids and yet you do you have this moment of real character um declaration and you know it's it's not a funny scene there's no it's no. not a musical scene there's nothing crazy going on. it just kermit's in there talking you know kind of talking there's a lot of people out there like you no know, um, yeah He's very dedicated. He is, and he's just, you know, kind of coming, having this scene where he has this realization of, I can do this. You're not, you're not pulling me down. And whenever, I've seen so many movies that have the moment like that, and even, like, Burlesque has a moment where Christina Aguilera is, like, looking over a skyline, like, all defeated, and I'm like, it's the frog is staying moment. And I always think that whenever a movie does that with a character, because this is the best it's ever been done. Yep. So good. Yeah. So that was mine. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't, I didn't mean to step on it. No, not at all. Yeah. I mean, I knew yours would come, one of your tops would come from Muppets Take Manhattan. I didn't know what it would be.
3: Yes. So that was my Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, I also was looking for one too, because if I went light, lighthearted, it would have been the diner scene with Rizzo. Oh, people. the coffee's fine. Come, Come on, on in. in. Badoo, I used to say, badoo,
1: badoo, I didn't bop, even
3: know bop, what bop. it meant. Like, I just used to say that all the time. Like, if I was in the pool, I didn't like, fucking know. Uh, the coffee's fine. Come on but in. Like, and I don't know. I just, I like, I like Rizzo a lot in that. And um, Kermit with little mustache and oh, stuff. There's things I think about these. all the time. Um, like Liza Minnelli and Elliot, that movie's ah. really good. But it for me, yeah, it's it's this it's this very serious moment because like all his friends leave, yeah. and he's there and he chooses to stay. Yep. And they go and have these wonderful lives or whatever or n- not so wonderful lives. But I don't know. It's it was super serious and like
1: yeah, yeah I definitely definitely feel that one it's it's such a declaration it's a moment of strength and determination and and fight yep yeah oh yeah good one one so it's your turn again um okay so my number two so this is the reason this one's number two even though it's fairly new because this is the the thing that gave me the idea of we should do movie moments because I was thinking, I'm like, you know, what do we do? And I'm like, you know, there's some movies that you might love the movie, but there is some, there is that moment in the movie that really, you know, might might be that thing that changed, that really grabs you and everything. And mine comes from, of all, so I also, if you, you might have noticed a very big franchise that's very important to be missing from my list. <laughs> um, there, I have not said anything about Star Wars yet. Mm -hmm, Uh, and believe me i tried to figure out if i was going to put the ewoks um the caravan of the second ewok movie on here but again just didn't you know because i thought to myself the the moment the movie the moment that reminded me of what a movie moment can do uh is in the force awakens and uh i love the force awakens i know it's not perfect i've heard you know you, you can make arguments about it but in the end I loved watching that movie And I loved going to see it And holding my husband's hand As we watched it And both cried And everything And Watching the movie Because I didn't I specifically tried to avoid Knowing much about it Going in I knew enough But didn't You know Wasn't really trying to solve anything And so it's not until Halfway through the movie Where I realized Oh my god The hero of this movie Is Ray. It's, it's not Poe It's not um, uh, Finn It is this young woman Holy fuck that's so cool. Like
2: I wanted <laughs> I want
1: this movie for me when I was 6 years old. And then you get to the the battle, the lightsaber battle with Rey and Finn where Finn is battling um Kylo Ren in the snow and it's a really it's a beautiful scene too. It's a really good looking scene. And mm-hmm. it, it makes sense cuz Finn has a lightsaber so he's, you know, fighting Kylo and you know, then he gets knocked out. And you think it's kind of over. What's going to happen? Um, and Kylo is about to, you know, take the lightsaber and finish, you know, finish off Finn. And then all of a sudden, Kylo goes to reach for the lightsaber with the Force, and it flies right fucking past him and into Ray's hand. And that <laughs> moment, my God, I was electrified uh, because, oh my God, it's her. She's the one who's going to take him down. She is the hero uh this is her movie this is her moment um fucking badass this is what i wanted my whole life and uh, that moment just still gets me when i watched it i've re re-watched the movie now a few times and every time that happens i get the chills i tear up because it's just the most empowering movie move like moment i can think of in a movie and i love it so Aww. much yeah yeah. that's nice that that movie was for you it was you're the one you're the one that ruined it for all those men i did i did i'm really sorry guys um i know you only have uh you know eight other movie or seven other movies um you know plus a whole it's it's really a shame i i did a terrible thing i will not even talk about ghostbusters what was i thinking
3: I know. <sighs> now that's a movie that i almost picked
1: ghostbusters but then i was like nah uh lady ghostbusters or men ghostbusters um ghostbusters prime the first one yeah i mean I, I i it's been a while since i've watched it so i don't think i have anything from that movie that would have uh jumped up it would it would have been the second one for me the
3: second one i ah, found a lot okay. more sure Full. there ladies don't get to do anything in the first one <laughs> why should they you really don't
1: i mean it's come upsetting
2: on.
3: i am i am moved by your star wars affection Thank and you. I'm glad that you were able in your lifetime to have that.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, Couldn't have done it without you.
3: <laughs> well, I did have a lot to do with it. <laughs> uh, this is two. This is two. Okay. So, um, if you heard the 25 episode or have ever heard me talk ever, then you'll probably guess that maybe this is poltergeist. Uh, <laughs> so it's poltergeist um (laughs) i found that that the majority of poltergeist has stuck with me i it made it made a big impression on little me and as an adult i have found many interesting things in it and Mm -hmm. life-affirming things and i hold fast to the the feeling that those are the best cinematic parents in history Mm, um I think they're fantastic. That family is great, yep. and I love that movie. But f- again, for me, what encapsulates Poltergeist and why I love it, it is at, at the very beginning of the movie. Dana is leaving for school, and she's going to get her bike. And they're the construction guys are in the backyard digging the pool, and they start catcalling her, and, and she flips them off. <laughs> and and she flips them off so dramatically and so confidently. And Joe Beth is standing in the kitchen and watching her through the window and she just smiles. Ah. And doesn't say do anything. Because of this, she knows she, her kids got it and she shuts these dudes up. It's amazing. It's my favorite thing. I, I love it.
1: Good pick. Good pick.
0: It's the best. Yeah. I love that movie. That's a good
1: one. Thank well you. Done. Oh my god, this is your number one. is my number one. Okay. Um... Uh, so Yeah and again I do, I do I'm sure there are things I've missed on, on here and like Something's yeah. gonna hit me I'm gonna wake up tomorrow and Be angry um, but I again this might be a little Nostalgia but it's not because this is One of the greatest movies of all time um, This movie did not win best picture but Was nominated and should have won uh, And I go back To being a little probably Four or five year old Watching this movie for the first time And it having not seen anything like it, having not really seen black and white movies because, you know, as a little kid, you know, why would you watch something black and white? But I was still taken enough in by this movie to watch it and be into it. And then all of a sudden this movie does something that I had never seen a movie do before, which is suddenly the door opens and now it's in color. And obviously Ah! I'm talking about the wizard of Oz. That's Ah. so fun um i i have talked about my love for this movie i i love this movie so much and really do think that it is incredible not just for because it has all these great moments that we all you know kind of have such affection for i think it's also just a great movie but and again there's a lot of other things i could i'm like oh over the rainbow is like over the rainbow is a beautiful song but the thing about this movie that i remember most where suddenly it, it still to me is like i i mean other movies i'm sure have done this i don't know if this was the first one to have done it even then but that moment where you go from black and white to color Mm -hmm. is just extraordinary and it's a simple effect um but it just it's magical to me And and this movie is magical but that that is the moment for me that i look at and say oh yeah what a movie Aw, that's a, picture. a good one. What a picture. They don't make up like that anymore.
3: That well, that wasn't even on my radar to put on here.
1: That's okay. I I, I got but us covered.
3: I think that that's an amazing pick, and that's such a good one. Um, are we going to have a chance at the very, very end to just maybe quickly say what we're surprised isn't on the other person's list? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Because um, I have one that I was genuinely surprised at oh, here. Oh, interesting. So my number one is not my number one. Although, maybe it is. Um, <laughs> although, I did lose it on my list for a minute and just found it, so I can't claim that I was saving it. Um, I think it's it's a surprise to me, because I didn't even put this on my list, I think, until yesterday. Um, but, it's the only um, appearance of David Lynch, which ah, I, I think okay. is surprising. And it is it's, it's actually from Firewalk with me, which... <sighs> i find to be one of the most affecting pieces of film i've ever seen i love it dearly i love it even if it's not a twin peaks movie it's i think it's just brilliant and perfect and wonderful so there's a lot to pick from in that but for me like the ultimate scene in that um what everything i love about twin peaks everything i love about david lynch is the philip Jeffries scene with david bowie so it's if i i'm i know you're not familiar with the with the series no, but I david, know. Bo- david bowie's in the movie and he plays philip Jeffries, who gets mentioned in the show but you never really meet okay um and it basically it, there's a lot of doppelganger stuff with it oh no so, wonder why you're such uh, a fan that that obviously upsets me, but you know, there's the whole thing about Twin Peaks is there's different, you know, they talk about stuff and and you see stuff, but you don't see stuff, and and, and the movie really gave you things that you didn't get in the show, like hmm. it pushed it a next step further. So you get the introduction of Philip Jeffries, which is creepy and weird, and there's clearly something wrong with him, but <laughs> he recounts a story of when <coughs> he you know he knows where they meet which would be all like these weird entities that live in the the black lodge he knows where they meet he's seen them meet and it's this terrible like terrible piece of of filmmaking that's so upsetting (laughs) and it's just all these like characters sitting in this room and and it's it's referential to other things in the show and then it becomes important later. And even in the new series, they reference it again, but it's just so, it's so David Lynch. It's, it's so twin peaksy. And I think it's, it makes mundane things really creepy. Mm.
1: Yeah. It's a thing I like.
3: That's why I appreciate it a lot. Plus um, I think David Bowie is fantastic. He was a fantastic actor. He really was. Um, Yeah. he He showed up here you know yeah (laughs) more than once um he was great and i think that he's and he's in this movie i mean there's deleted scenes that puts put him in it a little bit longer but he's in this movie for such a small amount of time he just boop shows up and then leaves again and but he's easily the most dynamic interesting character that you meet and it's such a fucking bummer that he wasn't able to be in the new series
2: um
3: you know any time he were to pass would have been too soon in my opinion right but so, him
1: still being i mean only what 60 i think right ugh, it's just, like i don't know so i mean he's, now, he's not rudger Hauer's age huh? <laughs> he's no
3: 38 um it yeah i think it's great it's great that movie's great and i love it and someday you'll watch twin peaks
1: and i will i up. will it's um It is on the list. It's just a matter of of getting to it and knowing I, you know, want to watch it with Brannon and with, you know, kind of in the right setting and all that. And one day, one day. And you certainly have inspired me to bump that up the list. So, yes. Okay. So those were our 30 favorite moments um, as of February 23rd, 2018 they will they could change they could tomorrow. any minute no. any minute in two hours I'm gonna edit this episode and remove some things and put some new things in there <laughs> so I'm curious so what did you what surprised you about my list I didn't I thought clue was definitely gonna be in there you know believe me I thought about it um because yeah. it was one of the first ones that came to me and um it's been exciting I asked Brandon I'm like what would you put on and he uh, didn't give me a full list, but he started going through some, and one of them we named was Clue, and because the whole time I'm like, oh, I mean, I love Clue so much, and I couldn't think. I'm like, what is the moment that I would pull from that? Because mm-hmm. I mean, the entire, but I'm like, no, the entire movie. Oh, the Wadsworth sequence, maybe when he's breaking everything down, or flames, flames coming out the side of my face. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. Or this, or this. And I just, I, I couldn't pick one, so I kind of decided, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm gonna pass on Clue, even though I love it so much. And now maybe you haven- know what I'm gonna revise this. I'm gonna edit it
3: i had a couple things too where i couldn't narrow it down yeah yeah where i'm like there's so just just too
1: much good and there's not that one thing um i was surprised for you i thought scream might show up i you know, honestly
3: i didn't even think of it until oh. you just said that
1: well now we need to revise something. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um there's just so much i just i, I really tried to come from like a a very visceral place where yeah. I just sat and, like, tried to, like, clear my mind and think, okay, what do I think of when I think about
1: yeah. why I love movies? Yeah, that's a, that was a great way of doing it. That's how I started, and then I kind of skimmed through all my DVDs um, mm-hmm. just to see, I'm like, am i am like, am I missing anything obvious? Because if I own it, it probably means it's important to me, yeah. and is there anything I'm forgetting? Um, and that was, I'm trying to think, like, that's probably where... Um, like UHF I might not have remembered until I looked at the DVD I'm like oh my god UHF how could I forget yep. so yeah uh, but it's a fun exercise to do isn't it
3: it's yes it I did get a little stressed out <laughs>
1: I always do that to you I'm sorry
3: but I but I, I tried to calm down and like I said I kept it really natural I had a mm-hmm. list of movies that I had been thinking about at the bottom and like thought maybe you would inspire me and you did. Okay.
1: So I, I still admire your ability to do that. I like revised my list 12 times in the past, you know, hour, probably. Thanks for admiring me. I'm, I wish I had come
3: at it a little bit more organized, but I would have been second guessing it up until yeah, the last No, month. and
1: I think that worked. I think, um, I mean, I think we both had really varied lists, which was interesting, Yeah. you know, and I know there were definitely like, you, you probably had more horror than I did, oddly yeah. enough um but I obviously had more musicals than you did
3: mm-hmm. yeah and I didn't even think to include like a documentary mm-hmm. I just thought like I I really do I either say things or think of things a lot and it's like from the sure. same pool of things you know yeah definitely. so I, I just tried to stop and be like what clearly and a lot of them I mean I think for you too, a lot of them were, was stuff that made an impression on me when I was
1: younger and has just kind of persisted. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because they're just things that you took in so young that just stayed with you. And again, like stuff that I quote with my, my mom or my, you know, brothers or my sister, like all those things that just stay with you for so long that, yeah, those are the moments (laughs) I think we remember. So, yep. Yeah. How fun. That was so fun. It was very fun. Happy 100. Yes, it's been a fun 100. It has been a fun six years. Yeah. <laughs> what a wild ride. I'm trying to remember because I remember we kept joking about it when we realized we're like, yay, we're at episode 50. We've been doing this for how long? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> everybody else is like, we're at episode 902 and this is our third yep. year of podcasting. And I'm like, where do these people get the time? Um,
3: I know. I but
1: know. yeah, I mean, we kind of do, we we kind of have committed to like yeah like every two or three weeks but then sometimes stuff comes up and hey we're doing this for fun we you know adjust to life as needed uh and it's yeah yeah i think that's the best way to do it i agree um, that's how we've sustained this long exactly yes it, it is it's not a sprint it's a marathon with a lot of breaks it's like an ultra marathon <laughs> where you can like stop for like you know a nap and stuff mm. uh and that works for us we have fun uh, and we hope you have fun, listeners. We hope you've enjoyed these past hundred yeah. episodes, and look forward to. Yeah, like, tell us
3: what your favorite
2: movie. I, I want to
1: hear it. I do. Um, again, it's a it's a really fun exercise, and I like encourage everybody to do it because it's also. I don't know. It's if like, I remember. What was um? What was that website that? What was the name of it? Where you could basically like. Uh, it would pull oh, up two movie posters. Yeah, Yeah, and you would pick one, and it would, like, just, like rank movies based on that. So, like, you would just constantly be, like, um, oh, it's killing me that I can't remember. And I know, like, Jeremy is listening to this, like, shouting it at us, but I can't think of what it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but the idea of, like, you know, it's it's fun to evaluate your favorites every so often. Uh, and We even talked about this when we did our 25, how, like, well, yeah, in five years, my list might change because I'm going to watch yep. more movies, and I'm going to grow as a person, and some things I might, you know, might fall differently uh, but it's and this is like a different way of doing that where I think you're just pulling those things about movies that are really important to you or really special to you or that you just really like
0: yeah. uh,
1: and it's yeah it's it's a fun I don't know it's it's a fun game to play and I think everybody should try it yeah it's it's definitely just relax and go with yeah, it don't yeah. don't
3: obsess about numbers no. and stuff
1: because well and then it gets interesting to see like when you realize different um, similarities or like we're saying a lot that came up from our childhood for me a lot of baseball moments come up a lot of musicals obviously but sometimes for me just that like one line that I use in life so often mm-hmm. so, I don't know it's, it's interesting what does it say about you when you start to realize these things it's I don't know it's, it's a it's a fun game so everybody, it is. everybody do it try it share it on our Facebook group uh yeah tell us your thoughts and thank you for staying with us through 100 plus episodes over the yeah, course of 25 it. years. <laughs> um eventually I guess so next our next milestone will be 150. Mm-hmm. Uh we will be senior citizens by then. Yes. So um you know it'll be different but uh you know so start thinking ahead to what special thing we'll do for that. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, and now we have all different ideas of, of other movies we have to cover. So we'll figure out what the next movie is going to be, and we will let everybody know on Facebook and Twitter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, do you have any uh, any more to say? I don't think so. Yeah, thanks for hanging with us for this long, and we we appreciate it. Yeah, uh, and I'd like to remind everybody that you can't stop, won't stop, rocking that mountain until you reach the top. And if you don't, I'm just going to post the the poll and credit sequence of rapping because if this episode has taught me nothing, it's that everybody needs to see it and experience it.
3: No, you're right.
1: I am. Believe me on this, I am. All right, folks, thank you for staying with us and you all have a wonderful, whatever time of year you listen to this episode. Have a Merry Christmas. (laughs) And (laughs) a happy leap year. If this ever falls on a leap year. If the world is still around by the time another leap year comes around. Oh, now we got dark. Yeah. Okay, well, on that note, goodbye, folks. Bye.
0: What if I told you it was all meant to be? Would you believe me? Would you? Don't think I'm crazy When I tell you love has come here and now A moment